what's up, Sifters? Welcome to Game Face, episode 338 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, and I'm here to deliver discussion on the week's biggest topics in gaming. And alongside me to do that is Matthew Kyle. What's up, Matt? Not much. No Luna yet. No, Luna's... <laughs> her co-host Luna's, has not shown up yet. Luna's late, but we'll see. <laughs> Sometimes she gets here on you her You turned it time. into a diva now, see? Mm. Last time she disappeared when she realized she wasn't on camera. It's all going to her head, Matt. She wants, yeah. she wants that camera time. I <laughs> uh, hope you guys are doing good. Hope you guys have had a good week, and you're looking forward to a great week this week. Um, it's been a very slow week in the yeah. world of video games, Matt. It um, has. <laughs> well, really... other than the box office. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie today. That's going to be the first topic. We're going to give our reviews of the film. I'm sure some of you guys have seen it, uh, but not all of you, as I'll get to in a moment. Um, but it has been a very slow week for games. No big game releases, really, at all. There was kind of yeah. one, and you played that. There was... Um, a new side mode that was released, and I played that. So we did play everything that came out this week. There just wasn't a lot. The good news is there's tons of other topics that we're going to discuss on today's show. Uh, so don't think that we're going to shortchange you for Game Phase 338. Nothing could be further from the truth. So then we have a great show for you guys, just not a bunch of games. You guys may actually like today's episode a little more because instead of us spending in 45 minutes or whatever on one game, we have a ton of topics that are going to move. So this show is definitely going to move along more than the average episode of Game Phase. Um, let's check in on chat here and see how y'all are doing since we last ran into everybody. Um, last week I missed, by the way, I want to apologize. Last week I missed thanking everybody for Twitch Prime at the beginning of the show. It's hard to remember to do everything whenever I'm running TriCaster and trying to host the show. So I hope you guys give me, can cut me a little bit of slack. Um, Corey Film, thank you for Twitch Prime. Andy T. Monahan, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1 for 36 months. That is flipping awesome. Thank you. Um, as you can see, the hype train is already starting to leave the station right now. Uh, Rosencrans, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. That's awesome. Eve Demon reminds us that uh, Mega Man Battle Network comes out at the end of the week, and we'll discuss that in next week's show. Um, Texture Glitch, thank you for Twitch Prime. David Nordic, thank you for Twitch Prime. Not sure if you work at THQ Nordic, but if you do, you guys are doing a good job over there. Uh, one Super Master Gamer, thank you for Twitch Prime. And Justin Horman, one of our most fervent supporters, thank you for subscribing at Tier 2. And you have subscribed for 70 months. It's hard to believe we've even been doing this for 70 months, Matt. Yep. The time just whips on by. Like It's really crazy to think that it's basically, it just turned 10 years since I left game trailers to start working on Sifted. Mm -hmm. In January of this year, it was 10 years from the day. 10 years, people, since I've left game trailers. Can you believe that? Yeah, and somewhere in here is the eighth anniversary of the first episode of this. Yeah, it's coming up. It was April sometime. Yeah, like, maybe like right now. Yeah. So we're getting to the, almost the eighth year anniversary of Sifted. Can you believe that? I can't believe it. The time just goes on by. I'm sure the younger people are like, yeah, it's, I don't know. It seems like it's taking forever for me. But as I said many times on this show, as you get older, the time, your perception of time just gets warped and everything just happens way more quickly. Um, I wish I could go back to your age where it seemed like time was dragging and you were bored. I've, I can't remember the last time I was bored, Matt. I can't. It was 2020. Really? You during, got bored during the pandemic? During lockdown, yeah. I did not. I never got bored. Yeah, I just have so many hobbies that, like, if, if I'm not working, if I can't work, I just have tons of other stuff that I want to do. I have hobbies, but I didn't have any people. Yeah. I mean, that that just sucks, mm -hmm. honestly, not having people around. That was the hard part, but I never got bored. 
I just wanted to be able to interact with yeah. other people. So you also had your wife in, the, in that. The... You're right. That's a, that's a very good point, Matt. Is that you had to sit here by yourself? Mm. I had somebody to talk to all the time. That makes a big difference. Um, Eric Cartman is my first Game Face episode. Was the closing of GT interesting? Mm. Um, yeah. I'm guessing a lot of people probably started checking out Sifted right around then, just trying to figure out, like, where am I going to go now? Uh, because you obviously were, you were losing um, a lot of content that you had counted on for a really long time. But, yeah, it's been eight years almost since Sifted launched. In June, it'll be eight years. Um, and it's been ten years since I left Game Trailers to start working on Sifted. And you can do the math and see it took two years to build Sifted, which was way, way longer than it was supposed to. And that was not good. That's probably the worst thing that happened to Sifted was how long it took to get it done. I was gone for two years. Mm-hmm. For as well as far as everybody knew, I was dead. Like you, I was, I'm not a big Twitter guy, so I wasn't on Twitter like all the time saying, "Hey, pay attention to me." I just kind of reappeared, and I was like, "Hey, I'm doing this thing." And they're like, half the people are like, "Who are you?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two years is a long time on the internet. An eternity. Yeah. So I do want to thank all you guys who remembered me and, and felt like you uh, wanted to support me and what we were doing here at Sifted. Without people like you, we wouldn't be making the eighth anniversary of Sifted. It really is amazing. Uh, so thanks again, everybody. Um, and we will celebrate that a little bit more when we get to June because we're not going to have E3 to celebrate. <laughs> uh, God of Gamblers 33. Shane Impactor bonus round was the first video I saw on game trailers. Interesting. Because the weird thing about bonus round was I wasn't on there all that often. I only went on bonus round when somebody bailed at the last minute. Like the idea was that I was not supposed to be on there. In fact, I've never really wanted to be on camera at all. The only reason I was ever the host of Invisible Walls was because we did auditions for like with like 40 people to host the show we brought in people from the outside we had everybody inside game trailers who wanted to host it do an audition and it we never found anybody and eventually people were just like you should do it and i was like okay i'll do a test episode and once we did the test episode it wasn't a complete disaster and that's how i ended up on invisible walls but before that like Working at G4 and Tech TV, I was hardly ever on camera. Mm. Like, in, unless somebody needed someone to fill in in a bit part for, like, yeah. a skit or whatever. Like Future I was, Shane. Yeah, I was completely <laughs> invisible. And I was totally fine with that, by the way. Like, I really have no interest in being on camera at all. Um, I know that may come as a shock to some people. I would love to go back to a yeah, job. Yeah, good job. Yeah, I know. But I don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. If I could afford to pay somebody to host this, I would. Mm-hmm. I would love to go back to just being on the sidelines and being in the background and letting other people do this stuff. I would. I felt that way all the time. I've never changed from that. But unfortunately, I don't have the money running sifted to hire hosts and things like that. So I've got to do it. <laughs> Hopefully, it hasn't been too awful for you guys. You guys are here watching our live stream, and I appreciate it very much. Um... Some more housekeeping for this week before we get going with the show proper. The most important thing right now is go ask a question for Pactor Factor right now. Go to your browser, open a new tab, either go to sifted.net, you can't miss it, where you need to ask a question. You can go to youtube.com slash siftedgames and click on the community tab and there's a post there for you to ask questions. You can go on Twitter at siftedgames and the, one of the very last tweets that we've sent out is a call for questions. Please go and ask questions for Pactor Factor. I checked this morning, we had four. Four! We shoot tomorrow morning. That's not enough. And I mentioned this in Ask Chain Anything, the last episode we posted on Friday. We need more engagement from you guys. Like, I hate to ask anything of you guys because you guys are already doing so much supporting us financially and being here live on our stream. But we need more engagement. We need it for Pactor Factor. And like, I would like to do Ask Chain Anything 
every week. I would love to publish an episode of that every Friday. So you guys have something for the weekend, um, something, that, something that wraps up the week a little bit, like, but we need questions. So if you guys could go and ask questions for Pactor Factor, again, I shoot first thing in the morning tomorrow and I have four questions right now. So we need like 16 good ones. So if you guys could go and do that right now, I would really appreciate it. There's nothing more important for you to do right now than that. Um, so if you could do that, that would be awesome. A uh, couple more general housekeeping things. Um, <laughs> this week, a patent was uncovered, Matt, for a PlayStation controller that is affected by heat. Mm -hmm. And it may actually morph based upon the heat in your hands. How do you feel about that, Matt? I feel like we're never going to see anything <laughs> like that because yeah. it's stupid. Yeah, it sounds like something that Sony... A lot of like, stuff you just patent because you're like, oh, that could be a thing one day and we want to have that. And we don't want somebody else to be able yeah. to take it. Basically, yeah. it's like, this is something... There's not really anything... But Nintendo might make it something, so let's patent it. I think Which, that's probably what's happening there. If you think about it, though, Nintendo kind of already tried to do something like that with, what was it called? The Vitality Sensor? The Vitality sensor? sensor was sort of along the same lines. Yeah. I think it was more about your heartbeat. Yeah, than it was your... checking your heartbeat and, and, and all that. But I'm sure it did body temperature as well. I don't think it would morph in anything. No. Yet. But the idea was, I, they, you know, it was also for like, it was supposed to be an expansion, I'm sure, more of like a Wii Fit thing, but like... They all, I think they also talked about how it could like monitor how afraid you were in a in a horror game like that. It would, would affect the game. That would not work out well for you with me. I, I guarantee. <laughs> it'd just be like they just have to start pouring on the jump scares yeah. for you. It's or or even like then, I'm like, I'm like, you're gonna have to, you're gonna need a new metric on how annoyed I am. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's really. The, if they change the game for you, it would just be a jump scare like mm -hmm. every second and a half. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like it'd be like that. I think it's a Far Side or something where it's like three guys falling down a bottomless pit and they're all yeah. screaming it's like three two hours later and they're just all like yeah. sitting there bored like it's a bottomless pit you're never gonna hit the bottom you're yeah. gonna starve to death yeah swan senpai is asking didn't nintendo have a heart monitor yeah it was called the vitality mm -hmm. sensor and it was a little it was just like a hospital thing yeah it was you just a finger on clip. your finger yeah. just like if you're in the hospital and it just measured your heartbeat and the idea was that if you as your heartbeat went up or down, it would affect what was happening mm. inside the game, and it just never yeah. came. It to made fruition. more sense when they thought that they were going to lean hard into the like the Wii Fit stuff. Yeah, they just never really did that. It would probably have worked pretty well with Ring Fit. Mm -hmm. Like that would be probably that would be a good kind of expansion content for, for Ring Fit. <laughs> that know. you're right though. That was kind of Nintendo's chance to roll it out, wasn't it? Yeah, and it still yeah. said no. So. My guess is the Vitality Sensor it's just is a rare, dead. Rare, yeah, I mean, definitely. But it's a rare example of Nintendo killing something but, out, but like, showing it. You yeah. know, normally you never see Nintendo hardware unless they are sure this is a thing that's happening. Yeah. And that was an unusual occurrence. That's why everybody remembers it mainly, I think, is because it's one of the few times Nintendo's shown hardware and not released it. Well, they also showed it at a press conference. Right. It wasn't like some little thing they showed in a direct or whatever. They showed it in a live press conference. Was mm -hmm. that... E3 or GDC? I want to say that was E3. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I want to say Iwata had that on his hand, his finger at some point. I, I think that was an E3 presentation, okay. if I remember right. Yep. So anyway, it was probably that one, same one with Wii Music and all. It was that was the same. That was the year they were doing all that weird stuff. Yeah, uh, there are shades of that for sure in this patent from PlayStation. I see Eric Cartman has said or saying, "I would love a daily Ask Shane anything." Interesting anecdote. One of the big reasons I am in this industry was back in the day of the days of IGN64.com, which I will fully admit, total inspiration for why I'm sitting here right now. Um, Matt and Pear running IGN64.com. They had a daily mailbag there. Mm. And I was in that mailbag at least two days a week, just asking questions of Matt Casamassina. Um, I would love to do something like that. He had, he had fun with it too. He would like, 
He was an insider, obviously. He would hide stuff that he was learning from mm -hmm. developers and publishers on the web page. He would make the text the same exact color as the web page. And so if you went and highlighted it, you could find these secret messages from Matt in his mailbag articles. And like, you just got to know him really well and IGN from that. I would love to do something like that. But again, it's all about engagement. We have to have people who want to engage with these shows or we just can't do them. Um, Toast9, Shane Terrifier 2 is on Amazon Prime. I have discovered that. In fact, your buddy, fellow sifter, JM Rain, sent me a DM on Facebook letting me know, and I watched it. <laughs> I don't know if this is uh, the right place to talk about it. Um, maybe in the uh, Q&A at the end of the show, but I have watched it now. And we're going to talk about another movie in just a minute that we also watched this week. Um, so anyway, you're right. There's shades of the Vitality sensor in this controller. I agree with you. It'll probably never, ever launch. Um, another development this week, Xbox has decided to block emulators from running on its hardware. You may not think that this is a big deal, but what's kind of happened with the Xbox Series S is that it has been kind of put on a pedestal as this awesome emulation machine. Mm -hmm. uh, and because it's so cheap, a lot of people have jumped on because not only is it, is it was it, I guess, past tense now. Well, you can still make it work with the developer mode. Right. Which if but, you're putting emulators on the thing, you... You already know how to do that. How much. do you do that? I mean, you basically have to, like, use homebrew stuff with, like, a USB stick to kind of, like, get into the system software and make it do what you want. Yeah. It's not a hard... It's, so if I you're going to use the more, for emulation, you're it's, already... You probably already know how to do that. Like, yeah. it's, it's a pretty basic thing. You're already already putting things on the hard drive that aren't supposed to be on the hard drive, so you're, you're already kind of in there. But it's just, like, a thing where it's, like, it adds another step, and, like, it makes Microsoft look like they're doing something about it. Like, yeah. It's probably, I mean, this is, they know this isn't really going to stop anybody who wants to do that. It's just like, they have to look like they're trying doing, yeah, they're trying. So, because like, problem probably from Nintendo. I mean, they could have stopped it from working in developer mode too. They could have, but they didn't. Right. And Which so, shows to your point, what you're just saying, like, they're just trying to make it yeah. look like they care. Make it look and there's an element <laughs> of like, oh, if you're hacking into developer mode, you've already violated the warranty and we don't have to worry about you because you're not a customer and you're technically, you know, it's that yeah. kind of thing. So it kind of frees them of responsibility to anybody who's doing that. Yeah. Um, and people were pretty salty about it. I think once I got the details, they felt a little better about it, though. Um, Modern Vintage Gamer, who is someone that we curate on Sifted all the time because he's awesome and he does a great job on retro games content. He was a big proponent of the Xbox Series S as an emulation machine. Um, and he also did a video that you can also find on Sifted right now. We've curated it that explains kind of his perspective on it now. And he also is kind of falls in line with what Matt said. He's like, it's just an extra hoop you have to jump through. Not that big of a deal. If you're already doing the emulation thing, you're already going to know how developer mode works. So um, Microsoft had some excuse about it's always been in our terms of service. We've just decided to enforce them the way we mm -hmm. should be enforcing them. It took you three years. It's, <laughs> I do wonder what was the final tipping point to make Microsoft. I don't know. They say that Nintendo didn't have anything to do with it, but I don't know if I buy that. I they have a working relationship. <laughs> they talk to each other. Yeah. Come on. That'd be my guess, too. Yep. So... Don't believe everything a mega corporation says to you, kids. Yeah. So if you are in the market for an Xbox Series S for this very purpose, this shouldn't dissuade you from getting the Series S. Um, if you're going to learn how to use it as a homebrew yeah, console, still, yeah, you're still going to be able to better use it. Yep. Uh, next up, for very, not really that much more than a Raspberry Pi would cost you now. Yeah, it's true. Yep. The prices on those have gone way up. Yeah. Uh, why is that? 
just probably the chip the chip thing yeah, yeah but also just demand as well yeah. like i mean i i got one for for my friend like a, like in early 2021 and it was like 89 dollars for this for the kit mm-hmm. that same kit's 165 now jeez like it, it includes a little more memory but like it's not a hundred dollar jump like yeah. it's it's just it's just demand and shortages it's getting better but for a while they're going for 200 250 yeah uh, like it's like it's so it's so weird it's, it's weird it's weird the things that kind of fluctuate up and down but like yeah for a while everybody was into that emulation's a big deal now it is graphics cards are back to msrp by the way just so you know yeah. if, you're, if you've been shopping for one you've been waiting for the prices to come down they are now finally at msrp what they're supposed to be sold for you can actually buy graphics cards at that price now which is a big deal mm. the abram says also there was an original xbox emulator finally released so that might have been oh uh, part of that too that might have had something to do with it yep although yeah. i mean also who cares i was yeah. like what you're afraid somebody's gonna play nightcaster again like come on you're gonna lose a penny from Nightcaster. oh no somebody's <laughs> playing an illegal copy of azuric right like what <laughs> Man, that launch lineup was weak. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, if you're looking to emulate on an Xbox, it's really not that big a deal. It's just a smaller hoop to jump through. Uh, in other news, this week, worldwide PC shipments flatlined. Like the PC market right now is in a free fall. Not just PC, though, also Macs. Mm-hmm. Apple has, Apple's sales of Macs have fallen 40% year over year. 40 mm, percent and what i think is happening is that everybody bought a pc during the pandemic some of that it's also like a lot of people doing all their work on on tablets now because mm-hmm. you can hook them up to, to keyboards and plug them into workstations like mm-hmm. you know there's there's i know i know several people that don't it's a steam that. deck that's taking all the same kind of yeah <laughs> i mean some of that yeah there's some of that um certainly gaming laptops i think have probably taken a hit from the steam deck i yeah. would think I have no interest in ever owning a gaming laptop. I have one, but it's because I got an extra one. Like my basically, my brother-in-law had an extra one. He's like, "You want it?" I'm like, "Sure." And They're so, so I, heavy. They're so hot. Yeah, this. I mean, this one's not that heavy, but it does run very hot. Yeah. Um, but it can play. It, it's not. And again, it's not very. It's kind of like having a portable gaming system where it's like, why would I play anything on this one? I yeah. Can, can just go in the other room or wait a little while. But I have. I played like uh, Swotor on a game. I bought a gaming laptop to play Swotor when I went home the year that launched. Um, and I played that like remotely a fair amount when I was really into that game. Um, but yeah, I don't really. Gaming laptops are. I mean, I'm impressed by some of the stuff they can do now. But like, yeah, not for me. I'm a, I'm a desktop kid. Yeah, I'm a PC guy. My wife has a Mac, but. I'm PC all the way. Yeah, I have a MacBook that I use for everything that isn't gaming. Like that's my daily like driver, you know, daily like you know email, business, writing, your like, work, all, your video, work everything. Um, I only use the PC for games. No, that's it. I'm PC all the way. Not sir says those Macs are really expensive. They are. Oh yeah, very yeah. expensive. They are really expensive. Um, so you don't want it. You don't want to get one. I mean, I my MacBooks. My MacBooks not that not that old. I want to say it's five or six years old and the one it replaced was like 11 years old i mean they they last a while usually although this one is i think this one might be running out of steam it's got a swollen battery and like it's starting to get yeah i don't think you have to upgrade your pc as often as you used to the m key doesn't really work anymore so there's a lot lot of m typos (laughs) when i'm sending people messages so i'll probably have to replace that and it's like the 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 keys are like wearing the letters have all worn Worn off off. the the keys and stuff and other people, other people that have my like, like I have a MacBook that's the same age and mine. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know. I I sweat acid apparently. I don't know. <laughs> it just wears the stuff yeah. off the keys. Um, 
Esmon says, same here in South America. It makes no sense to buy a Mac here. It's cheaper to travel to the U.S. and buy the thing there. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> what you got to do is make friends with someone who works at Apple and get their employee discount. That's the, yeah. that's the, that's the trick. Uh, Tori Until, thank you for that's Twitch the, Prime. That's the pro gamer move. Yeah. <laughs> Cinetike says, if you buy a GPU, don't get one with 8 gigabytes. You got to go for more. We've seen lots of problems already yep. in recent games. Is yeah, that you, true? Yeah, you definitely want a 16 gigabyte. GPU? VRAM. Yeah, really? For sure. They're so much more expensive. They are, but there's because they, they know. Um, no, sixteen. A lot of games, especially the higher end games now, are just going to assume you have sixteen, wow. and they'll run on eight. That's discouraging. But it's that's yeah. someone who's shopping for a graphics card right now. That's no. I would I would go sixteen, no question. Oh wow, it's, it's yeah, maybe I'm not shopping for a new GPU. I can't afford that. Um, all right, we'll see. Um, I mean, there's people. I'm sure it doesn't make sense, but like. Part of the problem is like, uh, you know, like Cinetike saying they've seen problems. It's not like, oh, it's not going to look as good. It's like some of them are crashing. It work. They, don't, they don't work right. Yeah. So like, yeah, and that, that's, that's and that's just going to get worse. Um, I think they've actually extended it through eight gigs for a pretty long time. Like, oh really? Yeah, I, th I think that's they've held onto that for a while. And like, you're, you're starting to see the new stuff and the new sizes and the new the new like like it's just not sustainable anymore. It can't hold all that. That sucks. <laughs> that's there probably are here. <laughs> Um, Time Zini, I was looking at a new 4070 since it seems like it's going to be the reasonable price, but I think it's only 12. 12, 12 is probably fine. Like, it's the 8 that seems to be the limiting factor now. Something to um, keep in mind. And that's the only with certain games, so it's not like you really need to go crazy with it. But, mm -hmm. like, Incinetike also notes that AMD has good offerings at 16, that, and whereas the NVIDIA, you got to go what much higher on the chain to get to the 16. So, price-wise? Price-wise, AMD, you'll get you'll get a lower-priced card with 16 from AMD. Gotcha. And NVIDIA. But, again, NVIDIA has the bells and whistles everybody's excited about now, like, yeah, with the, you know, the... The path, uh, path casting from the new the overdrive, new, the new mode overdrive mode from launched. Cyberpunk, which is the path. That's the mm -hmm. path casting stuff. Yeah, path ray. No, it's, it's, uh, it's not ray tracing. It's path tracing. Path tracing. Path yeah. tracing. Yeah. Um, which I, we, I loaded, all that new hot stuff is coming from oh, yeah. Nvidia. I loaded that up right before the show, and I could yeah, it looks amazing. DLSS. Yeah, DLSS is the trick there because like you turn DLSS off on this thing, you're getting like 15 frames yeah. a second. Like just bring your PC to its the knees. DLSS yep. stuff, especially the 3.0 and the 40 series, is basically magic. Yeah, um, and they even like, Cyberpunk had some DLSS flaws. Like like the, I loaded up last week, and like there's some issues where like the like the headlight of the motorcycle on a wet, dark freeway at night you could see sort of on the edge of the beam where it was sort of interpolating stuff. Right, right. And that's gone now. Oh, like wow. After that, up the update. It's Damn. it's it's impressive. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, oh, Cinetech saying uh, uh, ray tracing overdrive mode is like 20 FPS with a with a 4090. No, it's like 60. Like, it's running real well. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it's super, super playable. And I just, I put it to... Um, it's funny how people now are like, oh, 60. Like, put, 60 used to be like the holy oh, yeah. grail. 60 was the goal, yeah. yeah. But like, but over no overdrive on mine. I didn't do a frame rate count yet, but like it is super playable. It's absolutely fine. Um, uh, it's got yeah, it's got DLSS on, so it's like yeah, I can I can I think it was running a pretty steady 60. I didn't notice any any real drops. It. I believe it. Yep. Um, so yeah, tech. PC shipments right now are terrible. The PC market is kind of flatlining. I don't know what's going to fix it. Because PCs last longer now than they used know. to. Like, I think part of it might also be like the shortages were such a problem that everybody ch had different solutions. That's, that could so be. So people just sort of out of the market for a while. That could be. Yeah. Not looking good though for the PC market right now. Uh, next, something we don't talk about that often on Game Face, which is, is eSports. But there's a story going around the industry right now that's just too juicy to not at least address here. 
in uh, housekeeping, and that is at FaZe Clan, which was the first esports organization to go public on the, the stock the stock exchange has basically went completely belly up. Mm-hmm. It is now in penny stock status. Don't forget that at the Super Bowl this year, Snoop Dogg wore like a big like FaZe yeah. Clan thing like on stage. He had just signed on. He dropped FaZe Clan this week. Yeah. There he sold all his shares for like a penny. It's beyond time to admit that there is no money in esports. I think people have finally figured it out. And now if you go to Vegas and you see all these esports palaces that they built there, mm-hmm. like my friends will go to Vegas. Like the arenas and mm-hmm. things, yeah. And they'll text me and they'll be like, hey, like I'm here with my sons or whatever, or my son and his best friend, and we want to go to like do the esports stuff here. And I'm like, bro, don't. No, like, there's nothing to do. <laughs> it's nothing to do. But it's funny that like the marketing worked. People from outside of Vegas who go there think that it's like mm-hmm. this mecca for esports, and you can go there and do all this cool stuff. And yeah, as well, it turns out, a lot of the marketing was just for investors. Yeah, like and they got a lot of it. Like after a while, everyone finally realized that like, oh, there's no actual revenue stream here. Yeah, like, where does the money come from? Yeah, nowhere. It doesn't. It just it's investors and sponsors just throwing money in a hole. Like there's never any return on it. It's been the eternal question in the games industry for at least six years now. Mm-hmm. How can you make content? around esports that people will watch and care about how can you make money off of esports in any way shape or form and eric cartman has notes that evo is yeah evo is kicking but evo is kicking because a it's corporate owned and b evo doesn't try to be more than it is well evo japan just had a bunch of problems actually yeah evo japan didn't go but maybe a mess vegas evo is going to be the same old same old it's going to be in the mandalay bay they have enough money from sponsors and the sponsors are basically the game companies that make the games because they know that evo is a good promotional tool to get people excited about those games who are going to buy and play the games. They are not, Evo is not under any kind of delusion that they are going to reach a mainstream audience anymore. Yeah. They had their couple years on ESPN mm-hmm. uh, where they tried. Yeah. You know, and best, no and it didn't work. No one cared. Yeah. It, it, that is not a thing anyone's going to break out of because it's not a universally identified thing. And I think fighting games are the closest anyone was ever going to get to that mm-hmm. because fighting games are the easiest to understand. Everyone gets it. Yep. You, all, you, all you need to know is what a fight is. I, I can't explain League, to Le- League of Legends to a lot of y'all. No. <laughs> I can imagine trying to explain it to my mom or something. I don't know like what that. the hell I'm looking at half the time. <laughs> yeah, like, it's and I know games pretty well, but yeah. I'm just like, no, I don't understand. What, I mean, I even I know the terminology. I've tried to understand yeah. what I'm looking at. A lot at, of people have, and it's just it's like a I don't understand what's happening or the 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 mechanics of why they're doing what they're doing, and b I don't care. care. Caring is the important yeah. part. <laughs> I don't care who can play a video game better yeah. than me. Certainly if I'm not in the game. Yeah. Face Clan has also become really diluted. Like if you play games online, any game, like I play Rocket League, I play Call of Duty, it's hard to join a match without somebody having phase right. in their username. And chances are all of them are fake. They're not really oh, in FaZe yeah. Clan. Of course not. But there's literally thousands of people that have FaZe in their mm. username online. It's too bad this isn't a big enough story to be an actual topic because it's begging for the lower third unfazed. It really is, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I play people and I whoop their ass. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you're FaZe Clan? Okay. Like, And that does a disservice to the real FaZe Clan. Because it's supposed to be this lofty organization with the best players in the world. And as it turns out, when everybody's calling themselves... Face clan and they suck mm-hmm. people are like well why would i put money in face i'm better than you and you're supposed to be this esports guy even though they're not like it's there's nothing you can do about it either if you're face clan like you can't keep people from creating usernames with your name yeah. in it i mean it's like it's like someone showing up to a pickup game with a bulls jersey on right it's like yeah. everyone knows you're not playing a <laughs> chicago bulls player yeah i guess that's fine yeah 
but like it's it, basically what it is yeah, same it's thing. just but like the thing is like online someone can like pretend and like insist and da 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 whereas like on the court everyone knows you are not yeah from the Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a different world. It's a different... And it makes you look differently at the Bulls yeah. or FaZe Clan. And that's what's happened. Like, the value of the brand has just hit rock bottom. Right. I, it's probably going to dissolve. Yeah. I mean, they're a penny stock right now. People just... I mean, just people find that stuff annoying more than anything yeah. else, it seems. Like, who cares? Like... I mean, it was a big deal, though, man. Like, a lot of people... I mean, their IPO went very, very well. Like, people invested it in, mm-hmm. out of the gate. Oh, for a long time. Because, I mean, I've insisted for a long time that there is no money to be had in this. There's no We've one been has, saying it on No one has ever figured out how to make years. any money off this. And yeah. people would always be like, oh, but FaZe Clan. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Let's so see how long that lasts. So, bought the like, stock at IPO yeah. and then just slowly sold it all I mean, all you off. can fool some of the people all the time. Yeah. But, like... Not me. Wait, eventually they'll figure it out. <laughs> yep. And they exactly. did. So. Yeah. Um, ugh, I hate that broy gamer phase with marketing from Notzer. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like there's this new sports like content conglomerate called Barstool. Oh, that's that's been around forever. I mean, it's I, I know it's, it's been blown around up. forever, but it's just recently blown up. Mm. And it's kind of they're kind of like the meatheads. Like, oh yeah, they are. They are. It's kind of like obnoxious. the frat house of like sports content. I hate yeah. it. It's like, like we managed to make sports content even more obnoxious even and exclu- more exclusionary and I weirdly gatekeeping. I hate Barstool. I never watch yeah. any of their stuff. They're terrible. But they have blown up for whatever reason, um, and it'll be interesting to see if they can um, they can keep their momentum going as well. But I think there are. I'm, I'm gonna go with no. They're kind of golden already, though. They found like big investors to invest in them. Yeah, we'll and... see how long that lasts. Yeah, because we'll the thing about investors, they expect a return. They do. So. Yeah, and I mean, even the athletic, which is, I don't want to get on too much of a tangent here, but the athletic is this other like subscription-supported sports information network. They're struggling, mm. like, and their their subs now are down to like a dollar a month, and they still can't get people to subscribe. So. Subscriptions in general are just really doing bad right now. Like I, I left Netflix last month. I never thought I'd leave Netflix. Mm-hmm. I've been a member for 18 years, and I left last month. I don't miss it. I got rid of it, and I don't miss it. I'm like, why was I paying $16 a month to these people? And I would hardly mm-hmm. use it. And finally, I'm just like, I'm going to cut it. If I miss it, I'll get it back. And a lot of people are doing that with subscriptions right now. We're hurting. We COVID killed us. Um, Netflix is hurting. They're bleeding subscribers, mm-hmm. like lots of uh, subscription services. I still have are. network Netflix, but like just mostly for the British baking show. Well, I'm like, <laughs> like thinking, like, I'm like, what is going to make me come back? Probably the next season of The Witcher. I'll get it for a month or two to watch that. Yeah, there's one more. Uh, there's one more Henry Cavill season. That's yep. right. Sex, Love, and Robots, stuff like that. Black yeah. Mirror. When those things come back, they do back, Black Mirror again. When those things come back, I'll get it for a month. What was the What was the interactive Black Mirror? Remember that special they did that was like a oh, choose your own adventure yeah, thing? What remember. was that called? I don't remember what it was called. I can't remember. I know what you're talking about. I, I, someone mentioned something that made me think of that. I'm like, oh, it was like that Black Mirror thing. What was it called? I'm like, I couldn't. Find it. It, was, it was like Bandersnatch or yeah, something like exactly that. Was that, Bander, was. was that what something it was? Something like that. Boondersnatch or something. Yeah. It wasn't very good, though. Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch, yeah. yeah. Um, or Eve Demon, the only sub VOD service that I know that's profitable is Crunchyroll. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Apple T or uh, YouTube TV is doing really well. They just bought NFL Sunday Ticket, and they announced the prices for that today. It's like four hundred and fifty dollars. Yep. I'm amazed. I, I was always amazed by how much Red Zone costs and everything. Well, Red the, Zone, I can all the Direct TV stuff. Red Zone, I could get, and I'm wondering if they'll even have it now. Ten dollars a month during football season, oh, okay. and that's fine. Like it just because Lawrence used to pay obscene amounts of money for the full 
the like, Sunday the ticket, ticket where you can yeah. choose to watch every game yeah. and like that's, yeah, that's, that's four hundred and some dollars Good on God. YouTube TV. And what they should have done is offered team specific packages. I should be able to pay a hundred dollars and get every Steelers game. Like I don't want to watch every Buffalo mm. Bills game or every Bengals game. I just want to watch the Steelers in California. Hundred bucks, I'll pay you that. I'm not paying four hundred dollars to watch a bunch of games I don't care about when I can get Red Sun Channel for ten. Anyway, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Subscription services are in a flux right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be interesting to see when it all shakes out who survives. I I think you I'll- know you know where the real. Um, I know there's some stuff like this, but you know where the real like money might be here. Make an app that helps you manage and schedule all your streaming service. Purchases. They exist, but I mean, I'm something really robust and like, like, okay, I want Peacock when the new season of uh, and it just automatically this, yeah. you go and set it up in a like grid a keychain app for like yeah. I, when when the new for season of Witcher comes services. out, I want to be able to watch that on Netflix, <laughs> and when the new um, with that Ryan Johnson mystery show, when the next season of that yeah. comes out on Peacock, that's the only time I will ever consider giving money to Peacock. Um, things like that, I, yeah. I, like something where you can almost like schedule it out. Um, but again, at that point, you're already paying more and w- doing more work than if you just subscribe to cable. Like, <laughs> it's, like it's streaming services have come all the way back around, and they're more more trouble than cable was. It is. Yep. So uh, next, uh, um, obviously, The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom is now just about a month away, which is amazing. Um, but <laughs> something happened, and an art book for the game was leaked. Months ago. Yeah. This was a long time ago. And Nintendo has just now decided to go after the person who leaked mm-hmm. the art book. That just seems so petty. Yeah, take it down makes sense. Yeah. Like, like a cease and desist on the... It's too late, though. Like, Once it's out there sure. already. Like, But yeah, they're, they're just going after the, the person now. Which is like, okay. like, why? Like, I... Nintendo just, it seems like it takes one step forward and two steps back pretty consistently. It can just never be on this consistently upward trajectory where it Mm -hmm. understands its fans um, and does right by its fans. Um, Look, I'm not saying that, like, the person who scanned the art book and put it up online should have the right to do so. I just think that it's pointless to... Yeah, and it's a a completely victimless crime. Yeah. If you even want to call it that. Yeah, because I started looking through some of the scans and I'm like, there's really nothing spoilery in here. Like, there's nothing that spoils the plot. Also, hey, if you wanted to control the narrative, maybe you should have showed the fucking game a couple of times. (laughs) Like, who can blame Zelda fans and Nintendo fans for doing shit like that when Nintendo won't fucking talk to them? Yeah. They cut them off and doesn't don't give them. Like what we're they just want. not going to show this game until like three months before. I mean, I you know I, I don't care about that. I, think, yeah. I understand like what the plan is there, but like there's people like hungry for this shit, and of course you put that art book out early or somebody gets hold of that early. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, yep. Um, Pot F two says spoiling a video game shouldn't be illegal. LOL. I'd agree yeah. with that. <laughs> I mean, deal with t- do do the takedown. Deal with the you know deal with the the copyright issue, but like. It doesn't like you're not going to stop this from happening from anyone. Like, you know, someone, how can you stop people from scanning books and you magazines? Can't. You can't. There's nothing you can do. Just let it happen and let it go. Sell it digitally and beat them to it. Yeah. That's really the only. They should have just do. put it up online as a PDF. That was you know the 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 iTunes Store proved that the way to combat piracy is to make stuff available. Make the legal way to get things <laughs> bet easier. Yeah. And at a reasonable price. Yeah. If you, it's like suddenly, if people could pay a dollar for a song, they weren't stealing music anymore. Yeah. They could just click, click, you got it. Yeah. A lot easier than going through the hoops that it took to get a downloaded MP3 by then. Yep. 
Absolutely true. So yeah, I don't. I, this is it's all very silly. It and like, really doesn't make any sense. And it's like we, you know, I've I've followed some of the leaks on on all that. I don't have the book or anything, but I I looked at when people would talk about. It. I'm like, okay, it still doesn't really tell me anything. No, like there's no spoilers in there. Not really. I didn't see any. I, like, I mean, there's pictures of locations. I guess and like armor. But, like, but what do you? What does that tell you really? I, I don't know. I don't know what Nintendo was thinking. I think it was a bad. I mean, move. even with that book out there, all the stuff in this, you know, this uh, little gameplay trailer, it was all new. Yeah, nobody knew any of this yeah, stuff. People were still. I, I mean, it still did like 10 million views. Yeah, but it didn't hurt you at all. You're fine, guys. It's gonna sell more than more. Yeah. It's gonna make more money than God. Like, no, yeah. you're you're fine. Like, well, now their new uh, their new benchmark for money is films. They well, just, no, <laughs> because, I mean, I've seen that, but it's like, no, because they're going to yeah. make way more money from the games than they're going to make from the films. Like, the films are great publicity, but I promise you they get a bigger cut of a game sale than of a ticket oh, sale. Oh, yeah, yeah, the cut for sure. Swan Senpai says, uh, Sony started delaying their art books for this reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, generally, you would want the art book out alongside yeah. the product. I mean, it's not ideal. Or after, you know, yeah. like this, the, the Marvel art books come out, I think, either the same week as the, as the movie or a little bit after. Mm-hmm. Because why would you? Why would, I mean, some of that just indicates that they intended to release this earlier than they did. Because sometimes you just can't change the publishing schedule or the, or the release schedule of whatever. Because this, you know things work the way they work in the distribution warehouses. That happened with Transformers. A bunch of Rise of the Beast stuff came out early because mm-hmm. that was supposed to come out a year ago, and they can only push that so far. Um, it's just nature of, of how it is. But like, um, yeah, like this was going to happen. This would have happened if this had come out like the the day the game came out too. Like, would you still sue the guy after the guy that way? Maybe they're Nintendo, but like, it's it's so unimportant. And like, I bet half the people who now know that that art book leaked online only know because of this story. Yeah, right, because Nintendo went after It was not exactly on CNN. Now suddenly people yeah. are Googling it, trying oh, to find Oh, I don't know, I get that before they take it down. Yeah, it's exactly. It's hilarious. It's true. They just Streisand affected it, yeah, basically. absolutely. Um, another story that just came out today is that Dreams, the PlayStation-exclusive game tool where you can build your own games, is finally coming to an end after a four-year run. In September, they will shut it down for good. I don't understand why you really need to shut it down. Like, well, they're not shutting it down. Oh, they're not? No, they're they're moving it to another server and changing some of the the rules, basically, of like how much you can store and things like that. Because mm-hmm. they're not going to actively, but they're not going to actively update it anymore. They're not going to do like community events anymore. But in starting in September, you'll still be able to make things. Oh, you so, will. Yeah, they're just they're doing a last update to the creation tools and all that stuff, and changing a bit of how the sound sampling works and a little bit. Just basically, basically, they're changing things so you don't need to be online or do the the community features to do things. So like. Uh, something about sound sampling or recording your own sounds. You don't have to upload them online before you can work with them anymore because that won't really be a thing anymore because they're not actively giving you server space for that. There's going to be a five gigabyte uh, storage limit, but it only applies to stuff after that final update. So if you have more, if you all your stuff that you've already made does not count towards that limit. Um, and you can still make things and share them and do all that. They're also changing some of the trophies that require the community interaction to no longer require community interaction. Oh, that's good. So, like, instead of visiting someone's home space, you just need to, like, look at someone's profile now to get mm. that, that trophy. Okay. Um, but, that, yeah, Dreams will still be functional. You will still be able to make things and share them and publish them and all that. They, you're just not going to update it No anymore. new tools or no new assets. No new tools, no new assets. Uh, no more community days or like you know like game jam like they used to do like th- oh, yeah they used right. to do tons of stuff like that they did a lot of streams like so that basically too. they're saying like okay the game still works you can still make stuff and upload everything but it's all up to you guys now like you, you it's it's not it's no longer a living updating game 
uh, a tool set. It is this is what it is. Dreams will be it's done. Like this is what it is. This is what you have to work with. You can still go nuts and make whatever you want, but it's it's no longer going to keep getting new content from the devs. And no but one's complaining, co- by the way. They've supported this game plenty long enough. Well, no, there's plenty of people complaining. Really? Because there's a bunch of people there. I I saw. I mean, so I saw this today, this morning, and like, there's a bunch of people who are mad because they're like, we would have paid a subscription for this. Why didn't you even try to save it? Kind of thing. And of course, because they know how many people are using know, it. Right. There's less than a thousand <laughs> daily users, you get, and that's for free. Yeah. And if you like switch it to like you know pay even like like ten dollars, like you're gonna get what a fraction of that. It's not gonna be enough to sustain something like this. Yeah. This, this was a very a pretty sizable team working on this and some of the team is already leaving and moving on to the next thing yeah yeah i want to see what media molecule is going to do yeah, next absolutely. i'm they, ready for what's next they supported this way longer than i ever thought they i would. agree so uh, I, I don't think, anyone who's complaining there's sour grapes like yeah i think this is they have the this data, is entirely fine you're still gonna be able to make stuff people are still gonna be able to publish stuff it'll, it'll still be a living a living community uh, a very small fairly small one but it's still going to be there mm-hmm. it's just they're not going to update anybody and they've gone through they're going through a lot of trouble to do the server migration and put everything in the place where it can still function and still be used and still be played with, and none of it's going to shut down because that's very it's very important to Media Molecule that everything people have made still still gets archived and survived too. Mm-hmm. Like they're do, they're being very conscientious about it. Yeah. So. so they're handling things the right way. I think so. No, yeah. I'm no, I'm not begrudging them at all. Um, and then the final piece of housekeeping for today for this week's show is that American McGee announced this morning that he is retiring from game development. So... What was the last thing he made? Right. Well, he... So what happened was yesterday he got news that EA had rejected his plans for the next Alice, Alice game. 3, yeah. He had Patreon-funded um, the design doc, to, mm-hmm. the, which, I mean, that's a little weird to me, but he had went to Patreon and had people fund him to create the design doc for the next Alice game. He submitted it to EA... EA rejected it, and that was yesterday. And then this morning, he made the announcement that he won't be developing games anymore. And you're right; it has been quite a while since he's made anything. Um, I am mm-hmm. friends with him on Facebook, um, and he doesn't even really talk about games or game development anymore. I was kind of surprised he had even tried to get Alice made. Honestly, it didn't seem like it was um, still a part of his kind of daily life. No, I mean it was the thing he's most that he's most known for, mm-hmm. and. Um... And those games were okay. Like, I mean, this is saying that Ma- Alice Madness Returns is the last thing he made, which is 2011, game-wise. Yeah, it's been so, a decade. Canceled mm-hmm. Alice Asylum. Again, that's part of probably part of it is like Asylum stories are not really in right now. Yeah, and like, he also there was also Oz Adventures, which I'm sure was a darker, earlier take <laughs> on Wizard. Which Wizard of Oz is already kind of is that yeah. like Blackseer is saying hasn't he retired before? I don't think he's ever announced. I don't think he's like ever a, said he retired, but like. What's the functional difference at this point? He hasn't made a, he hasn't made a game, made a game in, in twelve over years. a decade. Yeah. So like you know, and the game before that, when I mean, he did with creative director on, on Grim, which I don't even remember, and before that, he was a creative director on Bad Day LA, which is one of the worst things I've ever played. Yeah. So not exactly a. I like Scrapland. Scrapland yeah. was good. Bachby says the Alice game was the first game I reviewed for an official outlet. Mm. So you will always remember it. <laughs> That's exactly how it yeah. works. That's Grandia Two for yeah. me. <laughs> Mine was um, Lego Rock Raiders. I mean, that was the first oh, wow. one I had reviewed for GameSpot. Um, I had reviewed like N64 and Dreamcast stuff on my own site before ever I got my job at GameSpot back in 2000. But anyway, that's it for housekeeping. Um, I think you guys are good in chat. I don't see any anything crazy going on in here. I think we're ready to kick off the show proper. I'll give you one guess what we're going to discuss first on today's show. The Super Mario Brothers movie, which I just saw 
on Sunday. I mm-hmm. went on Easter Sunday, went around 4 p.m., theater packed still. Yeah, I figured that would be, so that's why I saw it yesterday. I went to um, Century City 15, uh, which is a gigantic mall here. Um, and uh, there were shows. A rather nice mall that, in a certain light in the evening, kind of looks like Starfleet headquarters. A little bit. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's, there's, there's angles. It's the nicest mall in LA. It is nice. Yeah. It's like got all the high end stores or whatever. It's, and the theaters are nice too. But they had that airing every 30 minutes. So they had yeah. it in three different yeah. theaters, and it's just rolling. Well, you will recall that since the first trailer teaser for this thing hit, I've been saying this movie's going to make a billion dollars. Easy. Like, oh, wait. It's be a huge Actually, hit. before we get going, we do have one thing that we have to take care of. Oh, right. We need to hear from our sponsors. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass, and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. LS Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com. That's creamls.com. If you can't tell from the ad, LS Cream is one of those liqueurs you can get creative with. You can use it in so many different things. There's all kinds of recipes out there. Um, you can also just search the internet for any recipe that uses Bailey's Irish Cream, and it's a nice fill-in for that. In fact, it's better than Bailey's, if you ask me. Um, so I highly recommend checking it out. Go to creamls.com. There's a store locator there where you can find how to buy it. Um, and just above all, as I say every week, support your fellow sifter, support your fellow gamers. Okay, now let's get on with the discussion of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, so yeah, I went to a theater and Matt, they had, the whole place was just Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. And there's and I went to three, uh, airing it, or uh, showing it, 350 sold out. Mm-hmm. Like every show, it's setting records. It's did it have the best opening weekend for any animated movie yeah, the ever. Biggest, biggest opening for any animated movie of all time. Did you see this coming? Like I, we yeah. both thought it was going to be successful, but I thought it certainly had potential for it. I mean, I, I you know, a billion dollars is, is not nothing. You know, the, 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 the I'm, I'm not. I, yeah, That's one way to put it. And now we're at a point where they're where analysts are predicting that if, if it holds, we'll see what it does second weekend. If it holds, you're probably looking at the biggest animated film of all time for surpassing. Uh, well, Frozen 2. It beat Frozen 2's opening weekend. Opening weekend. Frozen 2 is the top grossing animated film of all time, unless you count the Lion King remake, oh. which is a little more. 1.6 billion, I think. Yeah. Uh, Mario, if it holds the second weekend, uh, will probably beat that. And it's, with home video sales and rentals, it has the potential to pull in $3.5 billion. Wow. Um, so, so, yes. Wait, you're saying earlier that it's better to make a video game? Yes, so sure yes, because Nintendo that. Nintendo is not going to get the. What slice do you think of they it. make off of each? Well, half of that go, half of that goes to, to. Well, I don't think they make anything off ticket sales specifically. Oh, really? I think they probably get a cut of the rev, of the of the gross of the gross revenue. Mm-hmm. Half of basically half goes to um, the theaters, mm-hmm. and then you have to pay back the budget. Which is probably in the 150, 170 million think? range for for a big CG animated thing wow. like this. I would think they'd be up there. That's insane! Um, oh my god! And uh, I'll I'll double check, but um, it's a uh, movie budget. Um, 
But basically, you, I mean, the rule of thumb in, in movies is you have to double your budget to even begin making profit, mm-hmm. uh, which they will. I mean, they've already done that yeah, yeah. pretty much. But like the trick is like you spend all the money you spend on the movie and then you basically spend that same amount of money again on marketing. Mm-hmm. And then to get and then you also factor in like how much money you're losing to distribution and uh, and theater cut, which is bigger at the beginning of the, lo- the release than, than it is later. Mm-hmm. Um, you've only got a six week run most of the time. Mario is actually hitting VOD rental in 32 days after release, which is pretty standard for kids movies. That almost days. sounds stupid. No, because you're once once you're in the late six, like fifth and sixth weeks, you are generally out of steam. Uh, and the people who haven't seen it yet are not going to see it in a theater. Now, here's one thing. A I'm- lot of a lot of movies are doing that now. So on my Twitter feed, I'm at Dinfire on Twitter. I put up a poll, and I was on my way. I was actually in the theater when I put up the poll on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I was about to watch the film, and I just asked, like, Super Mario Brothers movie, did you like it? Yes, no, haven't seen it, won't see it. And literally only 2% said they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Everyone else said that they liked it. But the crazy part of that poll was that 48% of you guys haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. So there's this gigantic market yeah, still a lot of waiting home. to go There's see- a lot of home market for this like yeah that's, that's where a lot of them and a lot of money will be made there i mean i don't um, i think those people are saying though that they'll go see it in the theater i thought hmm? they just haven't yet the 48 well you never know like some people are saying that some that could mean either one yeah a lot of people just I don't see right. i meant theaters. it in the spirit of are you gonna go see it in the yeah theater? that's not what you're right they may have read it differently a lot of people the people who chose that are all, both the people who haven't gotten to it yet and the people who are going to wait to watch it at home yeah which i typically um, do as well but uh, i mean i would certainly I, I was glad i saw this on the big screen just for the animation quality mm-hmm. i think it would think a lot, a lot of the, the critical the main like the professional reviews a lot of them said that the the, the animation wasn't very good and i'm like i thought mm, it was great no nah, that was fine it's, yeah. that's that's the one thing i think is inarguable about it it's it means illumination it looks, yeah there's some shots of luigi picking up his tools in this movie that look almost photoreal yeah, like, yeah. Like, somebody put some effort in a lot of the the character texture the, the fabric tech i mean it's, it's standard it's, yeah. it's that's what they all look like now, but it still looks good. Yeah, I, I had no issue with how. No, it looks great. I mean, what would you want? Oh, you want the fucking Saturday Super Kid animation back? It's like <laughs> I guarantee you, you don't want that. Um, I watched some of those in preparation. Some of the old Mario stuff. Just like, oh boy. I mean, <laughs> I it, saw it, Polygon it is, published a uh, an opinion piece where they tried to argue that the old Mario movie is better than this one. I saw that today. It's it's dumb. It's a good, <laughs> it's mostly saying like it's it, it's wrong because written by basically a child who wasn't around to understand what was happening then. Yeah. As, as an old person, this is this one. It annoyed me more in that sense because it's like the the argument was basically um, it was so that the the ninety three movie was so weird and original that at least it was made by people with passion who wanted to make something new and interesting and take it and I'm like well no it was. First off, everyone who made that movie hated each other so much they were drunk every day to just get through the day. And almost, half the people on that cast and crew never spoke to each other again because they hated the experience so much. Bob Hoskins, when he was interviewed later on, at, when he was asked, what's the worst thing you were ever in? He said, Super Mario Brothers. What's the thing you regret most about your career? Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> and uh, and some, what was the worst experience you ever had making a movie? Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. He hated every minute of it. Yeah. And The movie's abysmal. It's terrible. And There's like, no arguing. And the thing is, like, it wasn't original. It wasn't daring. It wasn't risky because all it was doing was trying to be Batman. It was, it was like it, the cheapest was, way you could approach that property. Well, I at the, well, no. What people, what the, what the younger kids aren't understanding, like the people who wrote that article, that's what everyone thought. Nerd comic book video game stuff had to be adapted. Everyone was trying to make a Tim Burton movie out of all the popular nerdy yeah, shit. Yeah. 
like, so all of a sudden everything had to be dark and weird and twisted. That's what that was. That was the safest approach from a studio's point of view to make a Mario movie was to make it into a Tim Burton Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> and that's what they did. Yeah. And it sucked. It really like, did. It's the like, big, it still does. It's very it hasn't got any better with time. <laughs> it's very interesting here to, to see like this this first part of 2023, yeah. the two big lessons have been um, op complete opposite sides of the game spectrum. Last of Us and Mario have both taught the same lesson, which is like if you pick the right property, you don't need to change much. I'm surprised it's a, it's at looking at our chat. So there's a lot of people saying they have no interest in going to see. I, where were you guys when I in my poll? Like literally two percent. A lot of people of respondents in the poll said they didn't like it. A lot of people hate going to theaters. Justin Horman, I won't see this in theaters. I'm Barry Lomax. I'm going to see John Wick in instead. I will not see it. I don't care. I mean, John Wick is a better movie than this. I get, um, I'm waiting until that. I can rent it. Um, a lot of, we'll wait for Peacock folks. Mm -hmm. Cinetyke, I won't see it ever probably. Not interested. If you don't, don't care about Mario, you don't care about Mario. Wow. <laughs> that, that's really shocking to me. Do you really think it's like, don't care about Mario? Yeah, or just don't care about animated anything. Or just don't, don't go know. to the movies. I mean, honestly, I never go to the movies either. This is the first time I went to the theater since Top Gun. Wow. Um, and I'll just say this, Matt. I was really disappointed in AMC. So I get there. <laughs> join the club. I know, join the club. But I go into the bathroom before I go into the movie. There's no soap in the bathrooms. <laughs> there's no paper towels in the bath. It's so funny, Matt, how mm -hmm. as soon as like the coast is clear and people aren't going to hold their feet to the fire on being safe with COVID anymore, they're just like, F it. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do anything. I was really, really disappointed. Yeah, I mean, to that. be fair, th that does vary by AMC Theater. Like the one at the Grove is actually pretty good about that. But yeah, that Century City Theater has always been pretty sketchy. In I was that, like, in that sense. really? I don't like. I mean, you're you're right that that that's got a lot of screens. Isn't a good mall. It has a better IMAX screen, um, and it has for a long time. But it's a it's a crappy theater. It's a I was like, bad theater. Damn. Okay. No, as soon I, as it wasn't illegal for you to act like chuds, much. you I decided only, to act like a chud. I only go to that theater if if something's playing there, like and nowhere else. Like some because sometimes like a Fathom Events thing, like a revival of something, mm -hmm. I want to see will be there. Like I, I think I saw Paranoia Agent there, mm -hmm. or not Paranoia Agent, uh, Perfect Blue there and stuff like that. But that's like I I, I won't go because that's that's pretty close to me too. Like I, mm -hmm. that's a, not a that's not a hard drive no, to get over there. Yeah. It's probably close to you. Uh, as well but like yeah and i like being going to that mall but like i don't like that theater yeah very much for, I, I was really shocked honestly if, if you if if i'm gonna go to an opening night thing it's probably gonna be chinese theater um partly because it's more centrally located for all the people i see the movies with and it, also because these comments are hilarious by the way here's one god of gambler 33 mario has one of the weakest stories i want to see a luigi's mansion horror movie well you won't. You might want to go see the movie um, there, there's elements in there, yeah. I mean, but you've, if you... It's if, funny watching how people are writing of, but, it off. Well, but if you've seen the trailer, you've seen pretty much all the Luigi, Luigi's Mansion the ref references, which is, it shows him in He's the... He's it, the part of the movie set in the mansion. But, like, yeah, like three seconds. Like, he goes in and he's, a bunch of shy guys show up and that's it. Is that really it? Yeah. Here's what I'm gonna... What I was and that's not the at. mansion, it's a castle. Right, but, but it's like, the same It's thing. a reference to Luigi's yeah, Mansion, for this sure. This whole movie is like that. Anything that you're saying, like, I want to wait until this or that appear, it's in there already. Right, but it's not a Luigi's Mansion movie. It's no. just like there's a reference to it. It's like, if he's, if you want to, but again, you're not going to see, Nintendo's never going to make a horror movie. Like, yeah, that's not the closest happening. you're going to get is, I mean, the, 
the closest you're going to get is what's in this one. There's a, there are a couple scenes with Luigi where I'm like, I was like, okay, that's uh, that's a little more a little more intense than I thought they were going to get to, but like, okay. Um, was it the 1993 movie from the Max Headroom people? Barry Gooster's asking. Uh, that sounds familiar. I, I didn't realize sure. that there were Max Headroom people. I mean, Max Headroom was made by a specific team of people, yeah. <laughs> I believe that was the same director or something, yeah. That yeah. sounds right. That SNL sketch with Pedro Pascal might have helped with the hype. That's from Andy T. Monahan. Um, Pot F2, I don't like the, I don't, again, I don't either. And I wouldn't have gone, I probably wouldn't have gone to see this in the theater either, unless I needed to talk about it on Game Face, honestly. I probably would have just waited I mean, the, the good news here is that, like, you've got all these people saying they don't like theaters, and, nobody, well, and you're wrong, but okay. But, like, didn't need them. Yeah. Vortex Complex says, I don't want to be the only adult in the theater, LOL. I'll be honest with you, I was, I was nervous about that too. Because I had to go by myself. My wife is out well, of town. They don't send children alone to the theater anymore. Right. So and what I'm be... getting at is that you are not going to be the only adult. I will no. say this. You may be the only adult in the theater that does not have kids with them. We, I, I wasn't. Because was, was... you went with other adults. Well, no, but there were a bunch of other adults with no kids. I didn't see many. I mean, this was a Monday afternoon. So it's Sunday it's, at 4 it's p.m. Pro- for it's me. Pe- it was people trying to avoid showing to the yeah, kids. That could be. Because that's what I was doing, too. But, like, I mean, there were some embarrassing Nintendo fans yeah. off on the left. Um, like, when the Nintendo, like, like logo production came logo came, came out, they're like, Nintendo! I'm like, okay, oh, my God. The whole theater cheered it. at the end of the movie. Um, and then like, like, I saw it. I did, my, actually, there was a kid on the far right who, about halfway through the, pra- through the, through the trailer, goes, where's Mario? I'm like, I'm, I get you, kid. I'm, I hear you. I, I know. I Believe me. I don't need to see any of these again. Um, was, haven't cared about and, Mario since the SNES. No interest in the movie. All these people are just haters. It's funny. I never realized how many that anybody didn't like Mario. How can you not like like I can get like okay, I mean I'm not into platformers, so I don't play the games. How can you not like Mario? I don't like Mario. Really? I, no, I think I've always thought Mario He's like the nicest person. No, I like, th- I've always thought Mario was creepy. Really? Yeah. I, Interesting. I, and I've never it was funny people earlier in the chat people was like, Oh, he's supposed to be like twenty five in this movie? I was like, I never knew how old Mario was. Miyamoto you know, said he's twenty four or twenty five. Yeah, but I've always pictured him as older in part because Lou fucking Albano played him in yeah. the in the cartoon and Lou Albano was already like forty five or something. Inside the context of this movie it makes sense though. The, oh he, yeah, he's very clearly young. Yeah. In, in the, like he and Luigi he's are. He's still very, living at home, he's yeah. trying to be Become successful so he can get his own life blah blah yeah. blah so that adds up for 24 i just 25. don't i mean i've never found him particularly compelling back in the old days and then when it hit mario 64 um as you know i like the mechanics of the games and i like you know except for mario sunshine i don't like very much but like the others i, I enjoy except but the problem is as soon as they and i know this is heresy but as soon as charles martinet started doing his voice and he started doing that. Waha! Oh, how about me? Like, well, he finally like all this, sounded like anything. He all never this really shit made on the, yeah, but all this stuff on the Tyler. I have always found that incredibly creepy. Like I, I find the Martinet high pitched weird Mamma Mia thing to be like horrendously off putting. Yeah. I hate it. I do apologize. And, by the way, we can't show you any B roll of this film because our show will get hacked with copyright strikes. Yeah. But like it's just it, yeah, I don't care about Mario very much. But I was interested in this because it's a big event. In, mm-hmm. you know, and like, I don't hate Mario. I just, it's just not a property I'm interested in. I've always liked Sonic better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying the Sonic movies are worth to go see anyway. Either. Although I will say, I think the Sonic movies started ahead of the game, no pun intended, because those characters are so well defined already. Whereas Mario has to make it up. I liked Mario way better block. than the Sonic movies. Um, way better. Like, double better than I liked the Sonic movies. I thought it was way better. Um, um I 
do not agree with that. I didn't. I, I would. Even mar- I would give Sonic Two a marginal advantage. I quit watching the first Sonic movie about an hour and ten minutes in. I watched five minutes of Sonic Two and turned it off. I literally, I didn't think they were good at all. Mm. And I don't think this movie's great either, but I do think it's way better than the Sonic movies. Um, no, I don't, I don't really, no, I think the Sonic movies are, are, the Sonic movies are probably better movies. I think the Mario movie is a better realization of the property. I can um, understand that perspective. In part because they don't really go outside the lines as much as, because the Sonic movies introduce uh, James Marsden and all you know, all mm-hmm. these other characters to sort of support it, mm-hmm. um, whereas Mario just commits to the bit and mm-hmm. goes for it. I mean, I know they bring in his family, like we've never seen his parents before. We also um, learn how Peach ended up in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there was hints of it. They actually do. I never knew. I had there, no there, idea. I mean, there have been baby Peach and baby th- in the games and stuff, just never been really explicit. Yeah, but they don't explain like how she ended up there. No, but they don't explain that in this either they just she came through a portal one day and here we are no they explain it i mean there's her whole backstories there they don't explain where she comes from well yeah they do they she did just like mario she got sucked into a weird pipe and right, but she, we don't know where she comes from like she he sees like oh maybe you're from my universe she's like there's a big galaxy out there she's human so she, she's right. not, obviously not from there yeah um I don't know. Like, but it explains Mario's origin story. You meet his parents and his uncle. Yeah, you've never, like, you've never seen his parents before. Yeah. Um, even And they do, they do the Baby Mario and Baby Luigi reference. Yeah. Little, little I mean, everything is referenced in this. Everything. Every yeah, Mario. It is amazing. The, so, first, the first, like, ten minutes are basically, like, blinking. You'll miss three references. I like the first something. hour. Yeah. I got it. So, obviously, I knew that the review scores for this were terrible before I went in to see it. So, my expectations were pretty effing low. I got about an hour into this, and I was literally like, this is amazing. I was like, holy crap. Like, this movie was made, as the lower third says, for a me. <laughs> and I totally understand why movie critics hate this, because really the plot is don't give up. That's pretty mm-hmm. much it. Well, the, the one of the reasons they hate it is it's, it's, it's the Illuminations formula for, like, the 12th time. Mm. Um, this, is, this is the Illuminations movie. But see, I think that's um, ridiculous. You shouldn't it, review a movie because you're like, it's just, you should just review the movie. You shouldn't be like, oh, I saw this other movie that has a goat in it that is structured the same. So this movie sucks. That's bullshit. Well, no, it's not. Like, because you you're just, you, but I, I agree. You judge things like, by body of work. Like they, it's a movie, you it's judge not things a by body movie. of work. It doesn't have a great plot. It doesn't have a bunch of threads going on underneath okay, the well, surface. Well, next time you criticize a game for not building on the game that came before it, like you, that's the same criticism of criticism there. It's Be- not, though. It is, though. No, if you're... I criticize a game that says, I, I, I don't do that. I don't criticize an open world game because it's exactly like how they handle the open world in Grand Theft Auto. I don't. It, well, That's but, the real But analogy. what about if Grand Theft Auto 6 does the same thing as Grand Theft Auto 5? We're talking about the same company. We're talking about the same people. I don't care. Literally the same team. I don't care. I review every product for what it is. I don't think about any of that bullshit. Okay, well, regardless, the movie is very derivative in terms of if you've seen the other Illuminations things made by the same directors. People judge, if criticism judges directors and writers by their body of work all the time. It is entirely fair. That's bullshit fair. and ridiculous. No, it's, no, it's not it's, fair. Of course it is. It's not. Of course it is. People hold Pixar and, and Disney animation to the same standards as well. Like, that, that's what Pixar changes they should up be so much. Everybody should be held to the same standard. Look, man, if you, if, you, if you had to sit through three Despicable Me movies and a Minions but movie... that makes I, no sense, Matt. So you have a great director who makes a movie. It isn't his best movie. It probably is still better than 95% of the bullshit. But because it's the same as this last movie, it sucks? That's insane. That makes no, no logical sense whatsoever. No, it does make perfect sense. How? We'll, I don't care. We're going to move past this now because I'm Because you can't I'm explain it. I, did ex- I just explained it. It's the same thing as when you say... You didn't. I did. It, uh, how, when people review a Steven Spielberg movie, they, do they not take into account Steven Spielberg's past films? 
No. They yes, review they it for the movie that it is. If it's still better than Have the other movies Have you ever read a movie there, review? Yes, obviously. What are you talking about? I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. Because you lost the discussion. No, I didn't. You did. Ask the chat. I don't give a shit what the chat thinks. I'm talking to you about this. Yeah, that's because you can't actually back this up. You just made this weird thing up in your head as though nobody thinks a body of work when they review things. You're saying that a movie can be better than all the other movies, but because it's not as good as the other movies I'm, that director made, it's not as good as these other I'm, movies. That's insane. I'm saying that calling a movie derivative because it's the same as these people have made multiple times is not an unfair criticism. No, it's derivative because it's with all movies, not just the ones that those people that made. That is not what I'm saying at all. Uh, I will move on because you can't. You're obviously Matt is spot on. Matt is right. Matt is right. I don't, care, what right. They say, Matt. I don't Matt. care. I don't care what they think. You have not displayed your argument to me. In a I way just that explained makes sense. what it is. It's the same thing as if you're talking about Resident Evil Four doesn't do enough thing new things compared to Resident Evil Three, which it did. But like, what I'm t comparing the past work of a, of an artist. I'm not saying you disregard work. it. I'm saying if you're going to review a product of someone, so you don't review it just against them. No you one's review reviewing a product. Everything. They're reviewing a piece of art. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That's not what... Okay, of course I can't come up with a good argument if every response you have is whatever. Give it up. My Enough. response isn't whatever. You just, I just said whatever. I just, Enough. I just clearly explained my argument to you. You're and saying a bad Spielberg movie that still could be way better than all the other movies is should be considered a bad movie, period, with all these other trashy movies. You just said a bad movies. Spielberg movie should, that's way better than all the other movies? No, one what that's is that? worse than his other films. You're sure. saying that that should just be considered shit because it's not a Spielberg. I'm not saying it shouldn't be considered shit when did i say it should be considered there's shit no, i'm saying it's no a, logic it's, to what you're saying i'm saying it's that. a valid there's comparison none. there's no logic to what you're saying there isn't it's of course there is how can you say that then why does everyone agree with me again i don't care what they think matt you need because to they me. don't agree I'm with the you one that you're discussing this with not them yeah but you won't hear anything i'm talking about it what am i not hearing i'm saying comparing a movie from a studio or from a director that is to his previous body of work is fucking basic it's you, standard. You do it, but it's so, not the only reason they're slamming the movie. No, now the, you're the changing movie. what you're saying. That's you are, exactly what no, I said. When you first said you were comparing that movie to the other movies, not to just theirs. Of course, if the Spielberg movie's not as good as this last movie, I can say that's not the best Spielberg yeah, and, movie. And what but I'm not going to say then it, all these other movies are better than it because it's not a good Spielberg movie. What movies movie. are we saying is better than Any it? of them. Forget it, What dude. are you talking you about? You're not even following the discussion anymore. Of course I'm following the discussion. I said you're comparing it to the other Illumination movies, which use the exact same formula this one does on the baseline and the reason this so matt how is that functional if no one's ever i've never even seen an illumination movie i certainly wouldn't recognize a repetitive pattern in its structure how does that review do me any fucking good well that's a it different doesn't. question it doesn't the but, way most people are most people are not like you matt they don't they have a, they aren't like you i'm not even talking about my review of this movie i'm talking about the professional reviews right? that slam and that this review thing. would have no value for 95 percent of the audience it would have well none. except it has a huge value for the, well, the for audience you. not for me for no nerds. not for me will you let me finish a fucking sentence i keep trying to let you finish and you won't what the fuck does that mean shush for a second <laughs> oh you're gonna shush me now yes <laughs> just forget it no because <laughs> what i'm talking about is well, first off, it's useful for the 95% of the audience, which is going to be parents deciding to take their kids to this movie or not. That's what the review is for. Do you really think degree. a parent cares that this movie was structured just like Invisible Me or whatever? Do you think they care about that? Invisible Me? Or whatever. Whatever other animated movie. Whatever other Illumination well, they, yeah, movie. Yeah, they care because they, if their kids like those movies, you take them to a similar movie, they're probably going to shut but up for two parents hours. parents don't know that, Matt. They don't they know do. the movie structured exactly. Of course exactly. they do. Forget it. What are Just you talking it. about? You're living in your own little world of like, no, film I'm not. nerd. Yes, you are. 
You are no, not, not thinking about the not, normal person. I am absolutely thinking about the normal person, which is a parent who takes their kids to these movies. Who would all never over. recognize a repetitive pattern in a structure. Of course, they would. No, they wouldn't. They recognize no, they would this think, the same they have time movie. To think about that crap. They're raising kids. Anyone who has seen a fucking Despicable Me movie more than once knows that those movies are all the same movie, but they use a formula. I didn't know that. Right, but I'm not talking about you. I'm, I'm the saying, average Joe who goes I'm to movies. I'm saying. I'm, I'm I don't know why donor. I don't know why you're so upset that they I mean look the the negative reviews are ridiculous on a level beyond pointing this out I'm not saying this is the only reason that they're slamming I don't them. disagree with the negative reviews I can understand their you, perspective you because th you the think, plot wait, isn't great Okay I don't think either of us think this should have like a 50% on metacritic it maybe a little higher, but well, I, don't think really, that much I thought higher. you really liked it. I do really like it, but it was made for me. It, again, it was it was, ma it was made for a you. It was made for you, but it was also made for fucking ten year olds. Well, it's I made mean, for kids who are just like whatever. It's fucking Mario. They don't even they don't right. get shit. But for adults, but a lot of a whole generation of kids, this is going to be their foundational Mario experience. Sure, I didn't even have one. But what my point is is that like this movie was made for me. All the Easter eggs. I literally sat there. The whole movie was like oh. Oh, huh. And the person sitting next to me was like, who? The dad who was with the kids. He just sat there with his mouth Yeah, because he probably had to drag those no, kids to every fucking No, because he didn't get Mario. all the references. Literally, this movie, every, like, 30 seconds, there's some other obscure, weird Mario. Th and I was just like, oh, wow, oh, wow. And, I was, and every people around me were dead silent. They didn't get it. They didn't see the stuff. And it was made for me. And that's why I love the movie. I can totally understand how someone who doesn't play Mario, all the Mario games understand all the little zeitgeists about Mario, would go watch that and be like, uh, I just learned to never give up. And that's pretty much the only message that's mm. in the movie. What I'm, what I'm trying to say about... So I understand why the critics are like, this isn't very good, but I loved it personally. Well, I don't think you need to fully understand everything about Mario to enjoy like a basic storyline here. Um, I think the negative reviews for it are weirdly out of kilter in that regard because you don't need what I'm what I was struggling to finish a sentence about was that like it, it's the same formula as Minions and Despicable Me and all the things that Illuminations makes. Uh, but the secret, this, uh, obviously those movies have not made $3 billion. With the secret sauce here, A, I mean, obviously it's based on Mario, the biggest, one of the biggest IPs in the world. Um, number two, number three, I think at this point more recognizable than Ronald McDonald. Um, That's why like, people say they don't care about Mario. I'm like, he's literally like the biggest property in the world. I mean, it's like <laughs> only after Pokemon. Like you I can think, go into a village in the middle of like the jungle and the you can show them a picture of Mario and they're like, Mario. Like, I think it's funny how many people are like in the chat are like, right. Mario. But like, well, that's that does surprise me a little bit. But like, what I'm saying is like the Illuminations formula is absolutely here. Like that's all it is. It's all it. Is. But that formula is is a formula for a reason. Those Despicable Me movies are big hits. The Minions movie was a giant hit. The movie, Minions movie is like the fourth biggest animated film of all time. Like they've outdone Disney with this formula a lot of the time at the box office anyway. I don't know, but quality is another question. But like it's the fact that they just stuck to the formula that they perfected over these years, plus Nintendo's on board making sure they get all the references and the lore right, and that's all you need to do. But and they're no getting one, rewarded at the box office for it yeah, because it doesn't no matter. picks up on the pattern, Matt. Nobody, you do, because you are literally like a film savant. Most people do not. They're just like, I enjoyed it or I didn't. I think, I think if you talk to most parents, 
who like have to take their movies to these take their movies take their kids to these movies over and over again they're gonna be like yeah that's basically you know at the very least you're gonna be like well this it's the same movie in the sense that it's the tones there and the comedy is the same um i was talking about this on the way home from the movie in fact yesterday um that like one of the things that DreamWorks and Illuminations figured out that I, don't, I think Disney took a long time to figure out, Pixar figured it out first, but Disney Animation, the, you know, the separate studio in Disney that makes you know, Moana and the different movies, the, the kind of the more the princess fairy tale movies that has you know, moved away from that over the last few years, but Pixar always made different things. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons it works and there's a kind of a difference between the classic Disney formula and the modern animated formula that Mario very much embodies as well the comedy relief and the primary characters that drive the story have to be the same characters. Like the main character has to be able to be serious and do the heartfelt stuff, but also has to be able to give a wacky visual take. Like and Mario can do that. Mario can, you know, be sad in his room playing Kid Icarus and talk about how he wants to be more and wants his dad to be proud of him. And he can fall off a platform and do a freeze frame with his face all crazy mm-hmm. like that. Like Disney protagonists don't do that. Disney classic Disney protagonists have comedy relief characters to do that. One of the things Pixar figured out is Woody and Buzz can be the heart of the film, but they can still be the butts of jokes, mm. and that's part of the formula and part of what makes Illuminations and DreamWorks like Shrek stuff like that. That's what makes it feel different from like the classic Disney style. And that's part of the formula is that idea that like again, every nobody's safe. Don't think the average person, goes but to the kids do know. I think what the kids, the kids wouldn't be able to write an essay about it, but the kids know it changes the pacing of a film it's because you you don't have any characters on screen at any time that something wacky and funny can't happen to. Mm. It's almost more of a Looney Tunes idea, and the kids pick up on that, and the kids are less likely to be bored by things because of I that. did see kids starting to mill around about an hour. Into I the mean, film. some kids just won't pay attention to anything. Yeah. Like I've seen kids do that during like Pixar movies that are supposed to be the greatest you know greatest Pixar movies of all time there are kids in front of me at Monsters Inc that would not fucking look at the screen you mm-hmm. know kids are just kids yeah and look in in a perfect world parents would know they have kids that can or cannot pay attention to a movie in a theater for for well I mean luckily it this wouldn't movie, take them luckily yeah, right. this movie's what like 95 minutes like yeah. that's, that was it was a, the right t- running time right. because it didn't really run out of steam by the but time you know what it's two end. hours if you get there at, at the time the movie's supposed to start because yeah. you sit through 20 25 minutes of trailers I was okay with and then that, the kids though. are gonna get, I'm okay with trailers it. for stuff I I'm okay seen. with that but you get like you've already lost half an hour of the kids attention at yeah that point, by the time the movie starts yeah that's the problem I think these movies for parents or for adults like they have have to have more than a very simple message and those are the ones to me that the adults enjoy the ones where there are these other threads kind of underneath the surface of the main plot mm. like frozen frozen 2 like you can watch those as an adult as an adult and not feel offended i don't think this movie does that i don't think it transcends like what the average like i didn't see hardly any of the adults like laughing at the movie like they were just kind of humoring their kids in the mm. when i was there watching wasn't it. a lot of laughter in, in our screening again and sometimes though, ended, some, the some things i laughed clapped. at some things i laughed at and I was the only one in the theater. Oh, like uh, there was like fifty because I was the only one getting the in jokes. See, see, I they didn't... worked it. And look, you can see Miyamoto all over that movie, and I loved it for that. But everybody else just wasn't getting it. Like I kept chuckling and laughing at stuff. The only one in the theater who was making mm. any reference to any of the stuff. Yeah, I mean, I so I didn't really react to much of the references. It was more like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, like, I was like, oh, oh. I, huh. Oh, yeah, I did, I don't, stuff like that. I, I, don't, I, mean, I, I saw all of it, and the, you know, some of the some of the references are very clever. Some of them are more like, okay, whatever. Well, no, you, um, here's how they made the movie. They made a scene, and they brought Miyamoto in, and they're like, okay, watch this scene. Tell us how we can dot stuff in. So if you look at any scene, 
there's always like characters in the background. Those are a lot of the Easter eggs. And you can just tell Miyamoto was like, okay, if you're just gonna have random people standing here for this shot, you might as well have this character in there. I think that was more the director's. They knew Mario games the well Mar- enough the, to the do director, that? The, at least one of the directors is a huge Mario fan. I, I, to I've me, seen, I thought it was just Miyamoto all over. I think you're giving Miyamoto way too much credit for that. Really? Hands, How yeah, come? I, Why would you think because, that? Because animators and everybody, like, you, you, people who are making these movies are the right age to have grown up with these games in the first place. And like, one mm-hmm. of the direct, I can't remember, there's three directors on this movie because animation is complicated. Um, and one of, I don't remember which one it was, but there were, there were interviews before this and the guy, one guy was like, I'm a huge Mario fan. I wanted Donkey Kong in there. Like we talked to Nintendo about getting Donkey Kong in there and it's a good thing they did. Cause I think that's going to be the spinoff sequel. Um, like, and Seth Rogen got involved for that as well. But like, uh, Seth Rogen's apparently turning over a whole animation leaf now. He's also exactly producing that Ninja Turtles movie. Um, Which I saw a preview. I thought that looked good. Looked pretty good. I Everything I saw. I like. I didn't new like Transformers. The... I liked the new Spider Man. I liked the new mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They targeted those trailers perfectly. Yeah. I didn't like the. I didn't like the design of the Ninja Turtles first, but when I saw that trailer in motion, they really. Worked. I thought I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I thought they it was almost good. have a stop motion quality. Yeah. So did this one a couple of times. It was, it was, it was, the Mario I, movie. The Mario movie a couple times. I I remembered. I don't know why, but I thought of that. You remember that all that first Nintendo Power cover. With like the clay sculpture yeah, of Mario yeah, Two, yeah, yeah. I, I thought of that a couple. It's probably just because it looked like kind of concrete three D. Yeah, um, the, I really enjoyed the movie. Like, if I were just going to review it for me, I would give it like an eight point five or something. I can mm. totally understand why it has the Metacritic average that it has. But as like someone who's grown up with Mario and got every reference in it, I thought parts of it were like genius. I mean, I've seen way dumber stuff get higher critical reception. Mm. Um, I didn't like it as much as you. I'd probably give it more like a 7, 7.5. I thought it was fine. I think it was all it needed to be. Yeah. It was, it was fine. I was pleasantly surprised it was, by it. It was an entirely pleasant time at the at the movies. Yeah. Um, I will say it wrapped up when it needed to. Like, yeah, it was exactly as long as it needed to be. When the started milling around at like the 60-minute, 70-minute um, mark, my mind started wandering a little bit. Because, again, there just wasn't enough heart and soul in the no, there, movie. there's not a lot of substance to it. Yeah. But like it's, it's, it's more of a vapid. It's more of a ride. Yeah. Um and uh but it's again, it's the formula. It's the it's like if you ever watch one of the despicable me's, you'll see it's almost exactly the same. It's like I think I saw the first one. Yeah, but it's like I mean and they they've doubled down on it. Like Despicable Me two and three lean a little more into this and like Mario didn't probably more of a Despicable Me balance, but it's like me one balance, but it's like it's like, you know, Hello, spam caller. Uh, it's like, um, you know, individual. You know, it's like it's like funny thing, funny thing, funny thing. Oh, we got to slow it down and really talk about what's wrong right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, that turned into a funny thing. Like, mm-hmm. and then like, so basically, you get you get like three or four beats of serious throughout the throughout the movie, and that was pretty much what Mario did as well. Um, with with Despicable Me, it's grew. Uh, realizing he cares about the the girls that mm-hmm. he ends up adopting. Yeah. Um. And in this, it's like Mario a wanting to be something, and b every once in a while, it's him um, uh, being worried about Luigi. Mm-hmm. Um. But mostly, it's Mario wanting to be somebody, somebody important. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, more or less, it gets you there. Uh. The one thing I thought was a little rushed is when he shows up uh to meet Peach, and Peach is like, all right. Like, like sure, come on, like, let's go. Yeah, I mean, she I like that Peach was a badass. Yeah, Peach was very well done. Yeah, um, I loved how they handled her. Yeah, because you like, got to figure right, so- that's the way Peach should be. Yeah, because you got to figure something out because she can't just be kidnapped and sit around the whole movie. Yeah, she wasn't the helpless so, princess. No, she actually taught him how to be a badass. I thought that was great. Yeah, like, so that was, there's that definitely all parts of it that I really, really liked. Um, it's, 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 there's a, 
like it's it's a weakness and a strength that it has to make up the story basically yeah. like there is no basic template of story for to follow in the mario lore yeah. you know i mean there's hardly any lore at all they no, basically none. had to make it up they for are the movie. characters yeah. you know and, pe- yeah. but that's, and that's why you got people it's like oh my god they changed peach so much they made her a girl boss and it's like have you played yeah. some of these also some of the old comics she was exactly like that yeah. like i think they're drawing from like the old manga I'm sure they that Miyamoto brought that. Games. I'm sure Miyamoto brought that up in yeah. the development. It was like she in the in the old manga, she kicks Bowser's ass herself, like yeah. in the dress the whole time, like well, doing yeah, all that. She also had her own games, like the yeah. one for GBA. Um, oh, the the Super Princess Peach. Yeah, where the yeah she was the star of the game, and so. like I mean she's been playable since Mario Two. Smash 2. Brothers. I mean I don't understand why people couldn't accept that from. I don't know. Life. And again, and she even says it in the movie. I grew up here. Yeah, I grew up doing this. Yeah. And like it also a lot of the, there's some real obscure reference. I mean, I think yeah. it's a re- I think it's a reference. It kept blowing my mind ap- after the obstacle course scene, and they're just sitting there talking. That's got to be a reference. That visual has got to be a reference to that fan art of him and Peach sitting on the blocks with all the, oh, everything all crazy and dark. Maybe remember that? Yeah, with like that, almost like the like the clock melting type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so, as soon yeah. as I saw that angle of them, I'm like, oh, that's that, right? I just like, felt like there's stuff like that. I mean, there's all weird the shit way probably, through it, man. I was like, blown away by it. These animators, you cannot. I mean, like what I'm saying about the animators putting stuff like that in, because like like if you watch, you, I mean, you almost got a frame by frame, but that Spider Verse trailer. Yeah. And there's a scene where he's flying through kind of like this thing with all these shards of glass and it, representing the multiverse. Yeah. And one of the shards of glass is a detailed CG representation of, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's an intentionally poorly drawn MS Paint version of Spider-Man called Spooderman, which is like a meme yeah. that somebody drew on Reddit like 10 years and ago. It in the and it's in the glass <laughs> as one of the multi... It's in a That's fucking great. Sony Spider-Man movie. Like that... It, they better be careful. They might get sued. That just happened with... Um, Elder Scrolls Online, they just accidentally included fan art in, like, the game. Mm. And the fan drew it, like, eight years ago and just discovered it. it was like, whoa! Like, dude, I drew that as, like, a fan almost a decade ago, and now it's appearing in your game? Yeah. So you gotta be careful with that stuff, because some people won't care. They're like, that's cool, but some people will be like, I want money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just I don't. I, don't I feel like it'd be hard to claim a meme you drew anonymously on Reddit, like, in, like, the 2010s, <laughs> yeah. but, like, yeah. no, yeah. So, yeah, it, or just look at how many, you know, the end of the first Spider-Verse and the current one, is. it's all based on the, the pointing Spider-Man right. meme. Right. Well, I love like, how they put that meme in the oh, yeah. trailer. Well, that I, got a laugh out of the whole crowd. But there's a lot of it's stuff the in there that I was, uh, you know, the more obscure stuff I thought was funny. I liked it. They walked down like in the sub in the sub tunnels and there's a level it says stage 1-1 one, one, yeah, one, yeah. or 1-2 one, because yeah. like yeah the stage 1-2 is underground. That's great. How about the BDSM star? <laughs> the total oh, sadistic. The, like... the, not, the nihilist Luma is my favorite <laughs> thing in the in the whole movie. It is the best. That was, that was one of the things that I was the only one in the theater laughing yeah. at. Every time the Luma said something I was just, I guess it's Luma Lee the, the, it's supposed to be Luma Lee the, the, yeah. the storekeeper from mm-hmm. Galaxy Games. With the flags or whatever, yeah. But like, never knew that. She, oh yeah. Underneath the surface, she was so uh, dour. A, hasn't been in prison yet. Now, <laughs> it, it changes a person, even a star. Yeah. One thing I will say is like it was enjoyable, and I did not regret paying the sixteen dollars to go see it at the theater. And like, I never go to the theater anymore, like ever. No, I'm glad I, I went s- to see Top Gun, and before that, it was probably like a Star Wars movie was the last one I had I mean, gone I to see. see. I see movies in the theater all the time. You see, like, I don't, and it, and I like, do not regret going and seeing. No, I'm movie. glad I saw. I mean, it's, I again. I, 
it's not. It wasn't a common criticism in the professional reviews, but a lot of them did say that it didn't look very good. And I'm like, I, I don't know. What, I don't know what they're talking. I mean, about I don't go that. see all the CG movies anymore. I, but... see, I don't see them in theater. I, I've seen most of them, mm-hmm. and they. I mean, look. They, I mean, even the ones. I, Minions is not my favorite movie of all time by any stretch, but it looks good. Yeah, the, the CG looks. I, I can't remember the last like mainstream CG animated film I, I saw. That and blew I was me like, away. Oh, that, I can't remember the last one I saw and thought, oh, that looks terrible. Oh, terrible. Like, no, because it's none no. of them look terrible. No, they don't. No. And like, like, or ma- even ones that blow me away, like since like Toy Story two maybe is the last one that I was like, whoa, like yeah, I mean everything's I'm, been so incremental since then. It just hasn't had a big leap anywhere. Yeah, I'm trying to think, and this certainly isn't that either. Like this isn't some new technological marvel or no, anything like no, that. but it's just it's I mean it's the best Mario's ever looked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean that's the only depressing part of it is like the games could look kind of like this too if, I, I if you mean, had decent hardware. I, I did like how every once in a while they showed you what a Mario game will look like someday when they can do real time. Like yeah. there's when he traveled, they always did it like game style. Yeah, they did this. At first, it was two D, and then he did a three D one, and that to me, I'm watching it. I'm like, this is what a Mario game is going to look like in thirty years or whatever. When I'm probably dead and gone. <laughs> it could, it, the, game, the movie could use more of that. Yeah, frankly, yeah, probably like that, a little more action. Yeah. yeah. Also, I was disappointed that in the kart racing sequence where the all the Donkey Kong guys have the big crazy carts. I was really expecting like some kind of Mad Max Fury Road reference, and I was, there was, I was sad it didn't. I mean, the whole I was scene I thought was Mad a little Max bit, Fury but Road. I was waiting for a Kong to have a guitar on uh, the, on the <laughs> to on actually the, really on, go yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, really go for but it. But then there's like the moment where they're in trouble, and he takes the Rainbow Road shortcut. Oh, yeah. Like again, like something that was like only people who play games will get that. Mm-hmm. Like. Other people are just like, oh, he found a shortcut. I'm like, no, that is the iconic Rainbow Road shortcut that is like, I could best, on a good day, I'm 30% good at nailing that shortcut or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's a huge risk, but only people who have played a lot of Mario Kart understand well, the risk that he took by trying to land that yeah, shortcut. Or anyone who has looked at anything related to Mario Kart, like, famous. Th- you know, that's like, if the, like, the fourth thing in a Mario Kart, like, list of, like, famous things about Mario Kart is probably the Rainbow Road shortcut. Um, the thing is, it's only recently that anyone making that movie would have even looked at that sh- that list. Yeah. You know, like, like it's, it's full of stuff like that. The, it's the, literally one every like thirty seconds where I'm just like, "What? You put that in there for me? Mm-hmm. Like everyone else sitting around me has no clue what that references or what it what game it comes from or like how cleverly they've actually approached like that the the reference. Like I was just like, damn. Like just over and over and over again. I just felt like they made the movie for me, and I—that's why I'm surprised how it's doing so well. Like, I feel like maybe that underlying message of the film is hitting people more than I thought it would. So. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's the fact that it's a visually interesting movie. I think yeah. because it, it nails the look. It, it's look as even if you don't get the references, even if you don't care about Mario's personal journey to make. Charles Martinet, his father, feel good about him. Mm-hmm. Um, good okay, use of him. Right. That was a good good tribute to Martinet, mm-hmm. both yeah. with having him be the, the jump man character and having him be Mara's father. Like that worked for me. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was. I mean, I don't care about Charles Martinet not getting to do the main voice, but I thought that was a nice bow of respect. Another reference you just brought up: the, the Jumpman arcade machine, mm-hmm. which is where Mario came from. He wasn't called yep. Mario at first, and Donkey. It was he was called Jumpman. Like, mm-hmm. there's just. It, the whole movie's filled with stuff like that. Yeah, like it's just really awesome, man. Like, I mean, the, the one, the one, there's a everywhere. There's like, the, yeah, there's, it's there's, just on and on. There's a store. There's a store that's I can't remember the restaurant's name, but it's the French for Duck Hunt. 
Yeah, yeah. And like all this stuff yeah. like that. Like it's, when the movie first started, I was like, okay, I'm gonna like pull out my phone and take notes of the references. And it got like five minutes no, in. I was like, that's a fool's errand. There's no way I could retype them no, all. They, they <laughs> slow down eventually, but like yeah. in, the, in the, I mean, first I, hour is the first just hour like, is a lot. I mean, the first, just yeah. the scenes in New York. Yeah, it's just boom, boom, boom. Every yeah. every shot has something yeah. in the first, like in the in the opening scenes in Brooklyn for yeah. sure. And then like once you get to well, because the the references once they get to the Mushroom Kingdom are more direct Mario game references, mm-hmm. whereas the the Brooklyn references are all Nintendo yeah. lore stuff. Like yeah. you got Punch Out references and yeah. and, and, and then Wrecking also, Crew references, Super and, Mario Odyssey, which takes place in an urban area. Yeah. Like and it does kind of go through all the Mario games. Like I said, there's the Luigi's Mansion references. There's Super Mario Galaxy. It just really goes. Yeah, through they, they, all they, of they it. even get a New Donk City reference. In yeah, there. It's, it's really crazy. It like I didn't regret going to see it. Like I recommend going to see it if you're a big game fan. If you're a Mario fan, don't even think twice. Go see it in a the theater. Mm-hmm. Take take your nephew or your niece if you don't have kids or whatever. And go have fun. Like, I, I have hardly go to movies ever. I spend sixteen bucks to go see this. I do not regret it. Yeah. I really enjoy it. I go to movies all the time. I thought it was a fine, fine time at the movies. Yeah. Um, I don't go see the non Disney animated stuff in theaters very often. Yeah. But uh, I thought this was worth. I'm just the kineticism of it and how they capture the video game elements in this in the animation. I think is worth seeing on a big screen, especially if you can get to a screening where. Um, uh, not so many kids. Like, yeah. I, like I wouldn't want to see it packed on Easter Sunday. I like honestly, I would not recommend like somebody that I know that doesn't really like video games to go see it. No, I mean the part of the appeal is definitely capturing the, the frenetic kineticism of, of the video games. And again, all kids know that. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're not familiar with Mario, you are going to recognize that that tone and that kind of that kind of energy on the screen. That's when it doesn't ever stop moving. Um, to its detriment, a couple of times. Yes, yeah, it's almost it um, almost becomes like overwhelming. Yeah, after it could a while. it could use a couple of breaths, some here valleys and there. here and there. Yeah. Um, and there, uh, there's a point. There was one point where I'm like, oh, is it over already? And yeah. like, it wasn't. There was another. It was, I, I it, it it I thought it hit the the end of Act Two, and it hadn't yet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. But like, there was a moment in my head where I'm like, oh, is this going to be like 75 minutes long? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be. Maybe yeah. I don't know. It probably maybe should have been. <laughs> But like, I mean, maybe not, apparently not because it's doing fine. It sure is. Um, yeah. the, now, We're gonna get more. There's no doubt that, about that. Well, no, no question. I mean, the the rumor around town has been that they've been working on Zelda already. Uh, supposedly, Donkey Kong is going to be a, a, the spinoff follow up to this, mm-hmm. and then an actual Mario sequel. Yeah. Um, and there's the one ob- thing we should keep. In obviously, mind there's film. speculation that they want to build to like some kind of Smash Brothers cinematic universe thing. Yeah. But I'm like, look, okay, and this is a good, and interesting question. I think is like. How many Nintendo properties can you really do this with? Five, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like you could do, you can do this with them. You do you probably get a Donkey Kong movie. I mean, they obviously Zelda. set that up in this. Zelda, Kirby, maybe. You could probably. I mean, Kirby had a cartoon series. Kid Icarus, so maybe. Like, Kid Icarus is already in the movie. Uh, yeah. uh, that's the other thing. It's like so. Apparently, the Nintendo Entertainment System exists in this universe, right? Just not with Mario, right? <laughs> it's really weird. And even if you look at the Jumpman arcade game, it's not Mario and it's not Donkey Kong. Yeah. So it's an alternate universe where Mario and Donkey Kong are not Nintendo characters. It's weird. Which is something to explore. It is. Um, but uh, I, I, here's, I think you could do it with Metroid, but I don't yeah. think they will. I think Metroid's not popular Metroid might be them. the best one, honestly. I think Metroid would be amazing. Yeah. But like, I just... I don't see them doing that. It, it, it totally it would be very different. It's not as popular as their other p- properties. No, but again, but you know what? Like that, if you really want to build to a Smash Brothers thing, I'm not saying they do. I'm mm-hmm. not saying they, everybody needs to do an Avengers movie. Yeah. But like, if you really want to do that, it would behoove you 
to have very disparate characters and properties and tones because that yeah. when you bring them together it's more interesting that's the magic it'd be yeah. more interesting to bring mario and donkey kong and metroid and star fox and kirby all together into a thing where and zelda to be like because those are all very different ideas and different yeah. concepts and having them all have to work together against the subspace emissary mm-hmm. or whatever you want to do yeah would be interesting but like i mean look i think they probably have the momentum i, I, I can see a, a world in which this mario movie is basically the iron man one yeah, of a. So the thing to keep in mind is like they have to establish everything in this, and so I do give this movie a little bit of a pass because they had to set up like how did Mario end up in the Mushroom Kingdom? How did Peach end up in the Mushroom Kingdom? Where did this mm-hmm. Mushroom Kingdom come from? Like you have to establish all that stuff. So I do give a little bit of leeway for like the first film in a series in that way, but yeah, I, it's but still I think entertaining. They, but I think they plant the seeds there. I mean, the second movie could definitely go into where she's from. Um, and that's also and actually when she they, tries to get home, I mean, they, I mean, she doesn't seem to have any. She didn't know what home is. Doesn't anymore. seem to have any interest in that really. But I do. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that when they talk about where Peach might have come from, and Mario's like, maybe you're from my world, and she's like, well, it's a big galaxy out there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that is begging you to introduce Rosalina and oh, yeah. the, and, Star, and the Super Mario Galaxy stuff in yeah. the sequel, and kind of you end up searching for maybe where Peach's home is from, or there's some mm-hmm. reason they need to do that. And that gets you into the wider Super Mario Galaxy thing, and Bowser can be weird about it, and like, yeah, it's there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do with that. Did you like the musical number, the Peaches song? No, I, I thought did that not. was pretty stupid. I think it's idiotic. I uh, don't under, It seems it feels like everyone gives Jack Black a pass to do whatever he wants. It's yeah. just like whatever you do is funny, even though it's not funny. I thought that song was annoying, and then they bring it back for like the after credits scene or whatever yeah well then they, they released it as a mu- music video and now they're talking about how it's technically eligible for an oscar and i'm like okay i mean i realize you got to shoot your shot guys but like i was I w- at both times he did that song i was waiting for it to get there and it just never yeah because it's not funny. never did it's not clever it's and awful it's, not funny. it's also the same joke as a cheers episode from years ago there's a, a bit way 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 back in, in cheers woody uh, you know, played by Woody Harrelson is trying to write a song for his girlfriend Kelly to impress her. I think I remember. And it's this, it's the same thing. He plays like two verses and just goes Kelly, 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 yeah, Kelly, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly. Like, it's the same fucking joke. Yeah, yeah. And I know. Look, if we can't compare this movie to previous Illuminations movies, we sure as hell can't compare it to a 25 year old sitcom. But as an old person who remembers that joke, because I liked it, I'm like, that's just the Kelly joke yeah. again. I guess and, what I was saying. And say. here's the th- well, here's the thing. It's not even that I'm saying like a show. I'm saying I bet Jack Black also remembers that joke probably because he's also our age yeah and he's right our age but yeah. i guess one of the reasons i mentioned that is if you've seen that clip and you thought that that would like if i don't enjoy this clip i'm probably not going to enjoy the film that's wrong like i hated that clip and i hated that part of the movie i still enjoyed the movie yeah so, don't judge it by that yeah don't judge it by and that don't, i mean i don't know why he's great as bowser just i didn't oh, yeah. think that that worked. song in particular was, yeah, yeah. Me too. Um, yeah. But otherwise, I, that's two thumbs up from us. So. Yeah. I. I mean. I. I don't think I liked as much. And again, like if if someone's like, ah, it was it was meh. Like I'd be like, I, I get it. Like mm-hmm. part of the appeal to me is sort of seeing all that stuff animated on the screen and and how cool it looks when you're when you're really going for it. Yeah. Um. I think your your enjoyment is going to be directly proportional to how much you know and love Mario. Mm, I really think it. There's a huge. It definitely. Curve it definitely there. would help. Um, and I'm sure there's like, you know, I'm not as hardcore Mario fan as some, so I'm sure there's a bunch of references I missed. Mm-hmm. Even the stuff that I saw yeah, was like yeah. a, more than enough, but like, um, it, it's, it's drowning in them it's at really times. Crazy. Yeah. Um, 
to the point that you get distracted later on or you're kind of looking for more references yeah, yeah, later yeah. on and they're not there and you're like, oh, I guess we're, we're done. Yeah. Um, now they have to resolve the plot. Yeah, now we actually have to, <laughs> well, it's that classic thing where it's like, oh, now you actually have to give structured. It, it, we're, yeah. we're not doing, because it's a comedy and sort of an adventure yeah. thing. You're sort of, you got a thing where you're sort of like, oh, we can just sort of make up whatever we want. We came up with this idea. We can make that happen. And, you know, the problem is always the, the end of the third act for any of these movies where it's like, okay, now you actually have to work within a framework and get to the end of a story. Yeah. And sometimes that can sort of expose how weak Comedies, the story is. horror movies, both, almost never stick to no, landing. No, Oh, and the one we, 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 don't, we didn't talk about it at all. I thought the music nailed it. Yeah, uh, they, they use They use every Mario, Donkey, every Nintendo themes you can think of all through it. Like, it's very, very well done. Koji Kondo was, is listed as a consultant on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you clear, very clear. Yeah. Um, like if you, I mean, this is if you're a Nintendo fan, I can't see you not wanting to own this score. Now, like if you're a Nintendo fan, I'm sure you've seen it already. Probably like you should have, like, and if you haven't, go see it. You're gonna love it. I think and a hardcore Nintendo fan is gonna love this movie. Oh yeah, and like it's I, also it's funny that like um, uh, one of the things I noted when I was at the Mario the Super Mario Land Nintendo Land at mm-hmm. Universal Studios was how a lot of them they had a lot of music playing that was like permutations of the various Mario theme. I'm like, like oh, that's really cool. But I think a lot of them are from this. Oh, like, I, I, I certainly yeah. think I, rem- I remember hearing the Bowser theme that they play in Bowser's Castle mm-hmm. in, the, in the theme park. It, at least it was a similar arrangement. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the music was very very good. It's really amazing how much great music has been in the Mario franchise across the decades. Yeah. I mean, it was. I Very can't, memorable. I can't remember who it was. I interviewed, it was years and years ago. I think it was the Epic Mickey press event. But they had a guy there who was, I think he was Hans Zimmer's, like, right-hand dude. Oh, he wow. Was, I can't remember his name, unfortunately. But he was a, you know, he he, he was one of the composers. He was, he was like, if Hans Zimmer couldn't do it, he had this guy do it mm-hmm. in his like, kind of stable of musicians. Yeah. And I and we were talking about Mario music and kind of various Nintendo things and stuff in the interview. And I asked him like, "Okay, you're a musician. Your job is this. You know music backwards and forwards in ways I don't. Is the Mario theme legitimately great music, or is it just we love it because we remember it from the game?" He's like, "That's a legitimately great piece of ragtime writing." Oh yeah, he's like, Hell he's like, yeah. He's like, and he's like, you know what? It's real complex. Yeah, it's got like hooks, it, man. It's a very. Co- he's like, it's a, the thing is like, if you try to play that on a piano or something, it's yeah. very, very difficult because it's so complicated and complex. He's like, because Koji Kondo didn't have to play anything right. to make it. He just had to program <laughs> it. And he's, and he's like, and, yeah, and, the, and yeah, then like, there's funny. the same with like, there's a guy who he's he actually unfortunately died a few years ago, but he's this guy who was like this brilliant ragtime pianist. His pianist who could do it. He could read anything by sight. You put anything in front of him, and he could just play it. And so this guy started bringing him video game music to play, and he puts the Mario theme in front of him, and he starts playing. And he's like, "Oh, this is fascinating!" Like, I mean, this guy has no idea what video games are. Like, he's never mm-hmm. played a video game, does no, nothing about anything, and he just puts this in front of him. And he's like, "Oh, this is fascinating!" Like, you can see he's like, he's, he kind of has to get, he yeah. works to work a little bit to, to get the it. Test, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, bring me more of that!" Like, he he kind of became a Koji Kondo fan because he's like, "Oh, this is really fascinating!" Like, what he writes. So it is. I I think uh, we have it on good authority that it is actually legitimately good composing it's literally yeah. legitimately great music I'm not surprised to hear that at all yep um so there you go that's the super mario brothers movie both of us really liked it um i say any nintendo fan should go and see it i think anyone who just really likes video games will also enjoy it yeah i don't think i mean look i'm not a huge mario fan and mm-hmm. i admit part of the reason i'm i'm in that theater is because i want to support you so maybe i'll get that metroid movie right. one day yeah. but like if you just like video games it's sort of like sonic is not as universal. I think you have to be invested in the echidna bullshit mm-hmm. to like have some sort of affinity for what happens in Sonic 2. I don't think that's true with this. I think yeah. this is a more accessible film. Yeah. Um, clearly, the kids love both. 
Um, almost every time I'm in like a store with kids or whatever, I hear kids say something about Sonic, which yeah. is fucking my surreal. My nephews love Sonic because, like it's, because of the movies. It's yeah. amazing to me that, that you hear that still. But like, yeah, yeah like it's I, awesome. I love it. I, <laughs> I, I I love that I'm seeing this new generation of little kids yeah. loving the stuff that we grew up. If loving. you actively hate Mario, I guess. But otherwise, I I I don't know how you could do that. But I can't. <laughs> okay. I can't at least think. Even if you don't think the movie's dumb or too simple, I can't yeah. imagine you wouldn't be glad you saw those visuals on a big screen. Yeah, like. I, I don't regret paying no. to go see it. So there you go. That's the Super Mario Brothers movie. Next, and we will up. see you guys three billion dollars later. Yeah, you think they're gonna hit three bill? I mean, the, the three billion that would make it the biggest movie of all time. Um, so no, yeah, uh, I didn't think so. Either. But uh, the biggest, uh, I think they're saying three point five billion if you account home video rentals and sales, mm-hmm. and all, all once all told, once the cycle's done, like a year from now, they could have pulled in that much um, for the theatrical run. I think it's got a shot at 1.6. Seems like it. Um, it's on track. Well, I mean, again, we won't know metrics for sure until we see next weekend, which is not a holiday. It's not Easter weekend. Yep. It's going to be interesting. because if you're, But if you see a drop, if next week's drop is less than 50%, because you're expect, on most movies you're going to expect 50 to 60. Yep. If it's less than 50, it's like a 40%, 45% drop from weekend to weekend, this thing's going all the way. It's going to go huge. Yeah. It, it might, it probably has a shot at beating Frozen 2, and it might have a shot at beating Lion King, because Lion King is 1.65 billion. It'll be interesting to see like the, the metrics of aggregate review score to revenue. <laughs> It oh, might yeah. set a record for that. I mean, it's up there. Yeah. I mean, again, you can't really. Yeah. I mean, the audience score is very high for this. You can't trust audience score because you just people just review bomb things, mm-hmm. positive or negative. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, look, critic critics. Uh, there's certain, you know, as as my dad used to say, uh, this thing's critic proof. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like critics it can like or dislike. Matter. <laughs> critics can dislike or di- like or dislike. Um, and you know the, th- you know there's there's t- as tons of things because he didn't have a lot of use for the critics who like, you know, only wanted to see films. That's P H I L O M E S, films. Um, you know, but it's like, think of all the things that reviewed so well or better would have been you know high quality films of like the summer of 1986. And think of how many of those you remember now. Probably not many, but you know what is remembered by almost everyone who was around as a kid that that, that year is Transformers the movie. Mm-hmm. And just and just now, just this past a uh, couple weeks ago, uh, Star Trek Picard had a had a shot in it that the directors admit is directly influenced by Unicron's pass by in the opening <laughs> shot of Transformers the movie. So there's your fucking and that movie got like a on Metacritic today would probably get like a twenty. Yeah, you know, like that thing got panned way harder than Mario did, yeah. and it's not a good movie. Yeah. But it's an but it's an iconic movie, yeah. and like that's what Mario is going to be. It's going to be a touchstone for an entire generation. Yeah, that thinks I still of, remember the Transformers. Thinks movie. of that as as Mario. Yeah, um, and then plays the video game. Is like, how come it doesn't look? <laughs> how come it looks like this? <laughs> In thirty years, it will. Yeah, well, Maybe. we'll see what Odyssey. T- I'm very curious if and what effect this will have. This movie will have on Odyssey two. I was thinking, or whatever the, the next Mario time watching is. the movie. Like, Obviously, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's going to renovate how Mario how what their next hardware looks like but considering how involved Miyamoto has been with this and the the theme park stuff I would think that has to trickle down somehow they should have this this should be how Mari was handled all along like with the the different universes where he has his home world and then he gets transported to the mushroom kingdom like they've never done it that way they should have but we have to move on but how but how cool would it be if the next Mario is just a back to back to formula like here's the mushroom kingdom yeah go do it 
Like a reboot almost. Yeah, a little bit of a reboot. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to take mm-hmm. them all these new worlds and make them transform into a dinosaur with a hat on. Yeah. What if we just do Mario? Yeah. And do Mario up the way Mario has never... You know, basically Mario 64, but like with this sort of aesthetic and this sort of idea of how to present the world. I, I think that would be a very smart move. I agree. I agree. So there you go. Super Mario Brothers movie. Next up, we're going to talk about one of the other major releases of the week. And it was only a major release because it was for a, a game... That is one of the biggest games of the month, and that is Resident Evil 4 Remake's Mercenaries Mode. If you guys remember, Mercenaries Mode made its debut inside the original Resident Evil 4. It was the first time they added really anything to a Resident Evil game. Before that, did what did they have where like you could play as like the chunk of tofu? Uh, you could the, you could unlock hunk. But those were just you just play through the campaign could, again, right? Yeah, but you had to do. Like to get unlock tofu, it was like some obscene speed run thing. Yeah, there. or like it was a, it was. But still, there were. It was either that or you had to do it. I think it was tofu only the knife. Like you had to beat the beat game the only game using the knife. knife or something. Yeah, it was. It was something I could never do. Yeah, that was definitely. But bad. still, those rewards you only use them to play the campaign again instead of having the extra mode altogether. Yeah, this was the first thing like that, as I recall. Yeah. Um, did you get into it back in the RE4 days, the OG um, RE4 days? A little bit, but not much. I mean, yeah. I, I think I played, I can't remember it very well. Was that, that was there was no online for that. No. It was, just, it was a split screen. Yeah. I mean, there was only like two online. I mean, I must have played, I must have played it like at work. <laughs> like I must yeah. have played it at, at, <laughs> at, at uh, you know, at, at, at that's, but I, I don't think I played it otherwise than that. I played, I tried to play that online one uh, when that came out. It was terrible. What was that? Was oh, Resident Evil Survivors or something? No, like it was that? for PS2, I think, and it was like, was it Outbreak? Yeah. Where you, every, you picked a bunch of different characters yeah, it and, and everybody, yeah. it, was, it was more of a traditional Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Uh, but this was kind of the progenitor <laughs> of all of those extra modes that now are just commonplace in yeah. Resident Evil games. Well, this is always the thing now that like, when any time a new Resident Evil is announced, sometimes everyone's like, Mercenaries mode? And you, now they're usually, pretty, yeah. they are usually included. Um, but this comes from the OG, so I expected a little more out of this one. And in my opinion, it absolutely delivers. Um, like the other Mercenaries modes, basically you're trying to kill as many enemies as you can within a time limit. You can see in the top of the screen there, there's a, a number that's counting down. Um, as, you, as you saw just a second ago, there are orbs located around the environments. If you collect those, they give you bonus time. But also, the way you get most bonus time is by killing enemies. And how you kill them affects what of a bonus you get. Like, as you can tell, if you just shoot them in the head or whatever, you generally get, like, a two-second bonus for each one of them. But if you blow them up all together, so if you can get a whole herd of Ganados coming after you, and then you herd them over to an exploding barrel, and you blow them all up at once, you get, like, a, a bonus or a multiplier based upon how many you kill with like one attack. So there's strategy to it. It's not just about, oh my gosh, the, ca- the clock's counting down. I need to kill as many as I can. You need to be smart about it and try to herd the enemies to certain areas so you can kill as many of them as possible with single armaments, like a single grenade or a single exploding barrel, whatever. Now there's another element that's different for this. And if you see below there, there's basically an overdrive meter. So as you kill enemies or, and again, you can rebuild that meter a lot more quickly if you kill a lot at once. Um, once you hit that overdrive, you click both of the sticks and you basically have a special ability. So every character's special ability is different. Leon's, basically you get one hit kills. No matter where you shoot a Ganado, they die and you get the point bonus. Um, eventually you can play as Krauser and when you click both of those sticks, he actually turns into that crazy mutant mm. that he is in the campaign and you can go around and wipe out the Ganados with that. 
And the first time I played it, I was like, oh, I got this thing. And I thought it only built up once. Once I got good at this mode and you start, as I said, hurting the enemy so you can kill a lot of them at once and you get those bonuses, like you can start to be a lot more strategic with this and you can be a lot more clever with how you play it. Um, there is a finite number to each one of these. So there's a, a finite number of enemies that will flood into the map. You can ultimately kill them all and, and actually win each one. I have not done that yet. I have not. Is that managed. possible in the other one? I don't remember because I was never good enough. Yeah. But in this one, you can actually finish the mode if you're good enough and you become good enough. Again, a lot of it is just crowd control, figuring out how to get the enemies near something and trying to kill them all at once. And then again, being very smart with your mayhem mode um, and knowing when to deploy that. Um, and I've had a ton of fun with it. So I've unlocked Leon to start. Then I unlocked Lewis. Then I unlocked Krauser. I've unlocked three different stages. There's the village, there's the castle that you're seeing right now, and I can't remember the third one, actually. Um, and they unlock pretty easily. Like, I was even that good when I first started playing, and like the first like the first time I played the village with Leon, I got an A, and that unlocked Lewis, and it unlocked the next stage. And then I had to play the second stage, the castle, twice, I think, before I unlocked the third stage and Krauser. And undoubtedly, I, they're eventually going to add more characters to this and more maps to this. No Ada? The, that was what I was getting at, Matt. Probably not Ada, though, because also one of the stories around this game this week is that people started basically rage carpet bombing the reviews on Steam because they don't like Ada in the new game because she's not sexy enough. I'm just like, which is weird. Because, did you play the same yeah, game as me? She's wearing a mini skirt. Like, I how much more <laughs> do you want her to be naked? Like, I. I mean, they're mad at Ashley too because you can't see her panties anymore. <laughs> it, I just feel like no matter what with it's this just industry, chuds. we're never gonna end up not having to deal with children. No, of course like, not. When are we gonna get out of this where we don't have to? With, where we where like thirty percent of the people who enjoy what we enjoy act like five year olds? Are we ever gonna get out of that? Like, I mean, no other industry does. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, if I look at sports, people act yeah. the same way about sports online. They Movies, like man, idiots. it's five and a half years later, and people are still whining about The Last Jedi. Yeah. Over yeah. and over. And now they're mad about all this other stupid shit. They're, they still whine about the Game of Thrones ending. Like, mm -hmm. you're right, people. <laughs> it's not just gamers. The proper reaction to the Game of Thrones ending is just, just I, I, I never remember Game of Thrones as a thing until someone else brings it up. I just get so tired of looking bad because of other people. Because it's like, you know, I think about my family members. They see stories like this. Like, they don't see, like, the stories about, like, all the charity drives that people do on Twitch. And all, all they find, all they learn about is, like, oh, there's a bunch of people who don't think the girl's naked enough in a video game. And they're all mad now. Like, mm. it's just. I don't even understand what they're talking about. I don't like, either, Ada dude. doesn't seem any more or less sexy in this one. I mean, she's. She, she doesn't different. have. Dude, she's not. Flying around through the environments in a red cocktail dress. Yeah, I don't. It, which was just ridiculous to begin with. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's like, lot, I mean, a lot of Resident Evil Four was ridiculous, and they they changed a lot of that to make yeah. it less ridiculous. <laughs> Louis, Louise is not a sex pest anymore. To Ashley, that's good. That's a good change. Fire Native says they 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 feel like she didn't sound excited enough. What? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> not animated enough. She's I mean, fine. I always thought she was a cool agent. Yeah, like, like she, that's who she is. That's who she even in two. That's who she yeah. is. She, she's completely unimpressed by everything Leon is and does because she's seen it, it all before. I, I don't get it at all. Um, I don't get a lot of gamers these days, Matt. To be perfectly honest with you, they. No, I, I that I was surprised by that. I guess because like I didn't have really any 
opinion about Ada. Yeah, they're like, carpet bombing the. It was just uh, sort of like that's Ada. Yeah. Sure. She, I just shit with her. I was like, yep, that's how she is. That's how she's always been. She shows up. She says a couple suave things, and then she disappears. And she leaves Leon alone, as always. And then she comes back and saves his ass and says a couple suave things, and then she leaves again. Like, that's just... And she's like, you're an idiot. I don't know why I keep doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And Um, she's not wrong. No, she's not. Leon is an idiot. (laughs) Um, But this is totally free, so if you boot up Resident Evil 4, it will prompt you if you want to download it. The download... I don't know if it had pre-downloaded it or not without asking me, but it asked me if I wanted to download it. I said there, yes, and then it just appeared. Oh yeah, there was definitely a uh, there was a like a one point something gigabyte update on that the other day. It was day. weird though that they asked me ago. if I wanted it, so maybe they would have just deleted the download if I said no. They, I, I don't know. It's really weird how they handled it. But you think they just add it to the menu and call it a day? Yeah, but they didn't. They it's asked not me a separate. It's not. It's just in the menu now. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's the main not menu. A separate... It's just an option there for hmm. mercenaries. I don't know. Um, I, I forgot this. That this was coming this soon, actually. Yeah. I forgot uh, it. So I mentioned when we talked about the game proper that it really drove me crazy how slow everybody ran in this. If you want that, if you thought it bothered you in the campaign, wait till you play yeah. Mercenaries and you're clicking the stick trying to make them run and it's like they barely break into a trot. It's like, go, MFR, what are you doing? It really, in this, because it's all about getting that little bit of separation, turning yeah. around, being able to fire a couple bullets, stagger them so you can run past them, making sure you don't get trapped in corners, because that's pretty, pretty much what ends it always. Yeah, nobody in this game seems to understand what sprinting is. No. <laughs> and really, the only grade that you need to rely on i'm sure maybe you get some other unlockable stuff if you get s rankings or whatever but i got like a's for the most part and that just kept unlocking stuff like you don't have to be like a master of unlocking (laughs) in order to unlock this stuff it's the demands of it aren't that difficult so i had more fun with this than any uh, mercenaries mode i've played in a resident evil game before um it's, I don't know why i mean the little i think the subtle things like the mayhem mode probably makes a difference um, I didn't like, one thing I didn't like is that you have to take whatever weapons they give you. Like Lewis here, you get like a handgun, his handgun, it takes forever to reload. And then you get a, a, a sniper rifle. <laughs> it's just like, really? Mm-hmm. You want me to complete this stuff with these two weapons? Uh, I mean, I did okay. I think I got an A ranking or whatever on this one, uh, when it was all said and done. Uh, but a lot of it is yeah, like... That's a, that's a very weak mid, mid-range game. This is his run, by the way. This mm-hmm. is Lewis's run. That's as far as it, far so, as it goes. Huh? Run, so you're like, you keep clicking the stick because you're like, there's no way in hell that this is his run. Like, this is just me holding the stick forward, right? No, that's his actual run. He's too cool to run fast. And I think they do a little bit of that just to build the tension. Um, I think that's why they make sure that you can't really sprint as fast as you should be able to. Uh, but I had a lot of fun with this, and I have, I didn't play Mercenaries in Village, like, hardly at all. Like, I played a couple rounds just to get some footage of it. I actually kind of stuck with this and kept playing it and got better and better at it. Um, and had interest in unlocking the characters. I would also argue, too, that mm-hmm. I had more interest in unlocking the characters from RE4 than I do the characters from Resident Evil Village. Yeah. There's more iconic characters in this game. Yeah. Than there well, also, the combat in this is more interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that, too. But you can see here, his is a dynamite. His mayhem attack, you just mm-hmm. drop dynamite down on the ground. And it takes a while to figure out, like, how and long... he it... takes the time to dust his hands right. off. Right. Okay, guy. <laughs> like, you know how to his, move. And then his takedowns are, like, this weird, like, shoulder charge. And then he pulls out a pipe out of nowhere and clubs people <laughs> with a pipe. It's like, what the hell is going on? 
Um, but I had a lot of fun with this, more fun than I've had with most mercenary modes. So if you already have RE4, I definitely recommend downloading it and activating it in your copy. And if you have not bought RE4 yet, which I don't know why, because it's amazing, but if you haven't, this is another feather in its cap that makes it worth buying. Um, this is a mode that I actually spent time playing and had fun playing versus some mercenary modes in other Resident Evils where I would give it a go once or twice. I'd be like, I get it, and I would move on. So I had a ton of fun of it, a ton of fun with it. Um, Swan Senpai says, I'm playing the story on pro mode and the combat sucks. Uh, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's the other thing you realize playing this, you, that you don't realize playing through the campaign where you have peaks and valleys in downtime. In this, where it's all about the combat, you really start to realize the shortcomings that I mentioned uh -huh. when we talked about the base game, about um, when you try to do your roundhouse kick and you can't really line it up the way that you want to, your comments about not having like a shake-off move uh -huh. to shake yourself that stuff yeah, becomes desperately needs a get off me. Yeah, move. this that becomes way more obvious in this that it needs that stuff like the clunky movement, the the inability to do anything with close quarters combat. All that stuff kind of comes comes home to roost while playing this. That said, I still had a lot of fun doing it or a lot of fun playing through it. Um, and again, I do think that there will be DLC for this coming forward and more characters, more stages and things like that that'll only make it better. So yeah, stuff like that is a re was a really annoying in the campaign too. It's like, okay, I'm just cornered. I'll just What die. am I going to do? I'm just going to like keep ducking and unducking. That's, yeah. And sometimes you get through, but most of the time you do not. At the very least, you're going to take a ton of damage and you're not going to get away. They're eventually going to catch yeah. you just like this. And this is this like, what am I even here. aiming at at that point? It's, yeah. just, it's just tentacles <laughs> everywhere. Exactly. Yeah, but I never did manage to finish any of these. Like, I always just ended up with the time running out. I never managed to, like, kill every enemy, unfortunately. Um, but I did have a ton of fun with it. Here's the village playing with Krauser. And we'll show you this just for a little bit so you can see kind of his transformation. Uh, but he turns into, like, the crazy mutant that he is in the campaign. Maybe I just spoiled something in the campaign, but you guys probably knew that already. I mean, it's a... It's no. Are there spoilers for RE4 yeah, at this I'll, point? Is there such a thing? No, it's it's a. It's I think a, everything's fair. It's game. a nineteen-year-old game. I think you're good. Yeah. Your eighteen-year-old game. Yeah, but the more you play it, the more you start to understand the strategy behind it. Like when it's when it's a smart time yeah. to pick up the green orbs and add the time. Also, um, a bad guy in Resident Evil turns into a giant mutant right. thing. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare you blow that original and never seen before twist? Yeah, very gooser brings up. I don't know why they got rid of the RE three of eight. I don't either. Nah, yeah, that, that maybe would, they just wanted helped. it to stay as true as they could to the original. I guess, but like, it's even annoying to me that like when the the hammer guy does it and you get the evade prompt, I'm like, why can't I just do that all the time? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just jump forward in the B roll here so you can see where he actually transforms. There he is. So there he is in his alternate mode. He just grows those crazy limbs and it just literally just wipes him out. You also, one thing I like about him too is that you get an exploding bow with him. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to find ammo, Very but Rambo. But they end up replacing like it's like an exploding barrel that you take with you, basically. And so you can get very strategic with his bow as well. And I would probably recommend if you're trying to complete any of these, play with Krauser. He was the easiest one to play with mm -hmm. to actually get through a lot of the enemies. And again, because he has a bow with exploding arrows, it's like you have a portable exploding barrel with you at all times. Yeah, so. as I remember, the the unlockable characters were definitely the ones to finish things with, mm -hmm. or at least get further with. Yeah. Like, the difference was big in the original. Yeah, so he has, like, this, his submachine gun, and he has his exploding bow. And um, to me, I thought that that's the most helpful arsenal to get through uh, the different mercenaries modes in this. So, again, I had a ton of fun with it. If you already have RE4, I highly recommend downloading it. 
Um, and if you're on the fence on buying the game, this is just another reason to buy it. It truly is just an amazing game. I um, mean, this is just kind of icing on the cake uh, of the campaign. I'm Right now, there's still no games to play. I'm, like, seriously contemplating playing through the campaign of RE4 again. Like, that's how much I enjoyed it. So... Mm-hmm. That's now three thumbs up. Well, for good news. Before. There's nothing else to do this week. There so. isn't. So I might be heading back on that train, the RE4 train again. Um, review group says might be the best video game remake ever. Yeah, it's up there. That's tough. Dead Space is pretty good, but mm, I don't know if it's that good. It's not it didn't good start as with as good of a game either. No. The no, base this game is, wasn't as good. Yeah, so. you're kind of up against like best remake versus best game that is a remake kind of thing. Because yeah. Resident Evil 4 is a better game. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. Yeah. I could see it being the best remake ever. I hope, you know, a year from now that's not the case. I hope something I can't, else comes along. But I don't know what else you'd remake. Yeah, I don't even know what else you could remake that would have a chance to be better than it. Because to okay. me already, it's one of the best. Like, I games guess ever. if we miraculously got some kind of like amazing Ocarina of Time remake out of nowhere, which seems unlikely. I don't know, um, actually. That seems to make a lot of sense. <laughs> not in the same year as Tears of the Kingdom. No, 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 no. But maybe a year from now. Possibly. Like you redo Ocarina in, in a modern way. Like, yeah, you would have be up a chance. There. But again, that's one of the greatest games. Demon of all time. Demon Souls is good. Shadow of the Colossus. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't. As much as I love Shadow of the Colossus, that remake is a little weird in places, yeah. and it uses the European difficulty, which is off. In yeah, a, in a bunch of ways. The change also isn't as as drastic because there was as big a gap between the remake and the original game. Mm-hmm. Still a pretty big gap, but not quite as big. I mean, it's about the same t- amount of time. If you, if you count the current remake, not the remaster. Big Dave uh, Lazard says RE1 still the best remake. Nah, nah. that game sucks. <laughs> I, I just replayed that like before 4 came out because I wanted to kind of refresh. I play, replayed 2 and I replayed a little bit of the 3 remake. Mm-hmm. I replayed about half of Resident Evil 1 remake. I hate that game. I really don't like it. It's 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 not just the archaicness of the original you know, survival horror formula and, yeah. and you don't need to use the tank controls but neither one really works as the changing camera angle it's i like, use the tank controls so tank controls are a little more dependable at least, at least you it. at least you always know where forward is right um <laughs> but it's just annoying that game's yeah. just annoying and i hate the crimson heads and like you don't have enough fuel to really deal with them unless you want to run back and forth all the time like i the inventory management is stupid it was always stupid and i really don't like that resident evil one remake Okay. They desperately need to do Resident Evil 1 the way they did 2 and 3. Yep. Uh, Great Rune 12 says, Shane reviewed the RE1 remake on GameSpot, I think. I did. 8.9. That was my score for it. Mm-hmm. That was in 2001. Yep. It was mind-blowing when it came out. No, it was 2002. Two? Yeah, because yeah. GameCube didn't come out till You're 2001. Right. Yeah. It was mind-blowing when it came out. But it was like March, March or April. Yeah. Yeah. It was like early in the year. Yeah. I mean, I always thought it was weird because it was like... It was clearly still pre-rendered backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And but they looked just, amazing. Sort of. Like, I just never... I never liked that there was no interaction, really, between the characters in the background. I thought the blood got on the walls. No, no it just it just spreads over the wall. <laughs> like, it, it, so it kind of... If you squint, it yeah. kind of looks like... But sometimes, if the angle's right, it looks like it. But then sometimes it just sort of, like... <laughs> It's a it's a decal that's also on the corner, and it's like, oh, yeah. okay. Cold, um, cold SW says, I was nine. Yes, you were. Mm. And I had already been reviewing video games for like four years at that point. So when I started reviewing games and getting paid for it, you were like five years old. Oh, Swan Simple, I thought it came out on PS4. It did come out on PS4, but the Resident Evil remake is for, it was, it was a GameCube game. It was. It was exclusive. Yeah, they one they of the ported it forward to like everything. Eventually. Yeah. But like, no, it was a GameCube game. Yep, it was part of the Capcom 5. It was yeah. the first of the Capcom 5. Yeah. 
And I mean, but people would, people would use the thing that annoyed me about it was people would use it as like, see, that's how powerful the GameCube is. Like, <laughs> no, it's just fucking pictures. Yeah. They're, 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 they're the only pic- polygons were the character the models. characters, and, and they were able it. to. If, to be fair, they were able to throw tons of polygons at those characters yeah. because that's they didn't the have to use it so for the background. Yeah, yeah. Which it's is a, it's cheating. a cool cheat, but it yeah. doesn't prove anything about the GameCube's power. You want to do that? You show me Metroid Prime. Yeah, because yeah. that was real power running around. Absolutely. Yep. So there you that go. That was a good remake. Yeah, that was yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, game like GameCube's having a great year in 2023. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, Where's my Eternal Darkness remake? Yeah, that's should be next. That would be a good one. That's a good one to remake. Absolutely. Um, Evil Oni Five playing through RE remake right now. Interesting. My, yeah, my condolences. <laughs> Although I do think the sharks are still cool. I yeah. like. I do like that sequence. I mean, I think there's still great moments in that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you about. I mean, it was the. The death knell of the pre-rendered RE. Yeah, it was like, let's just do this the best we could ever do it. And they did, and they but did. I, that's still yeah. not good enough for me. It's still cheating. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. That is Mercenaries for Resident Evil 4 Remake. Oh, don't don't tempt the world with the Metal Gear Solid 1 Remake. We did that already, and you all hated it. We got Twin Snakes. Yeah, Twin Snakes. Yeah. By the, by the Eternal Darkness team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How could you want anything else? Um, but, I mean, an MGS 1 Remake on PS5 would s- sell, like, crazy oh like insane like, i don't know what konami's thinking what it's not doing but i'm it's sure konami. why do i wonder okay so if <laughs> so if they did that would they have to deal with kojima at all no because huh. he doesn't have any rights over any no, of that huh. right they, they could just all. do whatever they want yeah maybe it is time. Smart, maybe it is time yeah. if they were smart they would say that they would pay him a bunch of money and say that he was a consultant on the project yeah but then just don't waylay fears yeah, don't but then don't us, let him do don't anything don't do anything <laughs> It's hilarious. Because I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I would like for a Metal Gear Solid One. Yeah, big modern remake. Did it? Uh, use the script from the PS One game for God's sake. Because yeah. the redone one for Twin Snakes was under Kojima's supervision, which is close a closer direct translation of the Japanese version, mm-hmm. and it's terrible. It really is terrible. Yeah, the original was was changed to you know conversational English and works way better. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and bring, I guess, bring back David Hayter. I don't know. He, he got worse at that voice every game that no, passed. He did. It's <laughs> like, so weird. You think he'd get better at it, but he never did. I, I imagine it's hard on your throat, and he was getting older as time went yeah. on, and it just got harder and harder to do right. Probably. But but by like Metal Gear Solid 4, it sounds like a parody. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yep. Uh, okay, next we're going to talk about a game that Matt played this week, and that mm. game is Everspace 2. Um I thought it was another like crazy, rigid, like shipping lanes in space sim. Oh, no. But no, as it no, turns no. out, it's not, right? No. And in fact, the first ever space is basically a roguelike uh, Dark Souls kind of game where you're flying a ship in space and you have to like explore places and pick things up. And if you get destroyed, you have to start over and kind of it's like Dark Souls mm-hmm. and, and, rogue, and roguelike. So it's like very slow progress and sort of da, da, da. this is a this might be one of the biggest shifts in a sequel since Ever? Assassin's Creed 2, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Or, if you want to be negative about it, maybe Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, yeah. The American version. Yeah, I can see um, This is an action RPG loot shooter in space. This is a big open-world action RPG, except you're flying a starfighter. Instead of running on the ground with yeah. an axe. And it is... Uh, other than these cutscenes, which are, like, you know, obviously moving still images that they, they do, like, with voiceover, uh, this could be mistaken for a AAA game. Really? The is vis- this how all the cutscenes in the game are? Uh, the ones that aren't just, like, popping up characters talking in dialogue boxes yeah. on the ships. You know, you know like, like, calm mm-hmm. chatter. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the main cutscenes are all this sort of uh, moving uh, like watercolors. Moving animated, yeah. whatever, yeah. 
Um, so, uh, so that's the only thing that gives away. It's not like a triple A production. The, uh, the visuals are astounding. It the really is amazing. amazing. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, I, I played the first one a little bit, but not a whole lot. I assume it's in the same universe, but I don't really know. Yeah. Um, you start, you play a character named Adam and uh, he uh, is working as a wingman, a guardian, like a gar- like a basically a super, like a uh, an escort, an escort for a corporate fleet that's moving through dangerous territory. They get attacked, or they're they're mining stuff, and in an asteroid, they get ambushed by a bunch of pirates. Um, and basically, you stay you stay behind to try to help your friend who's getting uh, whose ship is burning, and uh, he burns up, and you get nailed and captured. And they, uh, they say that you're the one to blame. Uh, no, they you get captured, and everybody assumes you're dead. And uh, but the problem is that you wake up, and uh, the pirates have realized that you are a clone. Um, you are a clone from a, a previous war from years ago, and clones aren't supposed to exist anymore. And they're looked down on as horrible things, and uh, they're basically owned by the government. And they were supposed to all have been eradicated. Oh. So you are instantly a fugitive from the government, uh, from the, the, the colonial forces mm-hmm. who come in looking for you because you're reported by the, the pirate people, I think. and Or maybe they have a tracker on you or something right. like that. They haven't really figured that out yet in the, in the, in the story that I'm playing. Uh, and so you escape with the guy you're in the prison cell with, and he takes you to this uh, secret, like, rundown place uh, out in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, okay, well, we're going to have to rebuild this shit. Uh, and figure it out, and also, and you're like, you still have the the body, the the your friend that you try to rescue is burned, but not dead, and so you take him and throw him in like cryo sleep at the at the new base, and so the beginning of the game is basically okay. We uh, he, like you want to find medical supplies so you can help your friend because uh, he didn't deserve to die in that the way he did, and the, your new prisoner friend Dax, he's like, we need to get out of this system. We, we need to, and to do that we need to find these things to make the base invisible and we need jump keys to activate the jump gates and things like that so basically the first part of the game is like pulling all these jobs off to sort of get these things you need to get out of the first solar system mm-hmm. and getting out of the first solar system took me 10 hours oh gosh um now to be fair i was doing a lot of side missions and side and exploring and poking as around in places as i as i tend to do <laughs> uh if you beelined this thing i the consensus online seems to be you could finish the main story in about 30 hours Wow. Um, because there are seven star systems. Wow. Um, That's a big-ass Star Fox. And the, It is. And so <laughs> uh, you'll see here, like, the, the, the gameplay is very arcadey. Yeah. It's not a sim. It is, it is a it dog. As soon as I started looking at the B-roll, I was like, oh, I was completely wrong about this yeah, game. It's a dogfighting game. Yeah. It, it, is an, it is an arcade action RPG starfighter open world loot game. Yeah. Uh, so stuff will drop things. You know, enemies will drop stuff, and you can pick them up. Uh, you have you have all this equipment. You have your shields and your power core and your different weapons. You have you have two different project two different shooting weapons and two different uh, missile weapons. Is that why there are all time. those reticles on the screen? There, it looks like there's like three sets of reticles or whatever. Yeah, that is for that. So all the HUD things like that, those are different for every starship type. Okay. So that oh, wow. that particular starship type ha- puts those on the sides like that. The one I fly, it's all condensed in the middle with just two or three. Oh like wow! It, it doesn't ha- like the so on mine. 
Um, and oh, this may be, I don't have, I haven't actually changed my starship type, so maybe this is an earlier build mm-hmm. versus like maybe they this changed This is it. an earlier build. This is the actual developer. So I don't know this. if this, dif- I don't know if the HUD difference here is because of that or because um, this is not the 1.0. Because that, that's why I, I, we're talking about it is they, they, it's been in early access for like two years. Yeah, yeah. But they. have been able to play this for a while. It hit 1.0 this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't really touched it too much before then. Yeah. Um, so the current HUD, and I don't know if it changes per per. Uh, is this mining that you're doing here? Basically, uh, that is, is that, that part is, of the that's game? a secret. But there is mine. There is like you got to find resources and like crystal things on and iron deposits and stuff on asteroids and shit. Uh-huh. And like that's one of the upgrades is your sensors. So as you upgrade your sensors, you can detect that stuff further mm. and further away. So you okay. don't have to go searching for it so much. Mm-hmm. So the, the the basic gameplay loop. Um, is uh, so you're you're in these areas like this, and so you have three speed. As it seems to be developing in this subgenre, you have normal movement speed, and you can you know do a little boost, a limited time boost to like mm-hmm. go faster. You have cruising speed, which is like a super fast speed that gets you across these areas faster. If you like, if you're in this one area and you want to go over where the base is, you do that and you jump over. And then you have jump speed, which is a faster than light speed it's that warp, gets you right? that warps you around. So when you go to jump speed, you go you you do like a quick transition out of the area, and it kind of shows you the solar system. You're kind of flying around in it. And you pick where you want to go. You hit travel to it, and you zo- start zooming at it at like basically like many many times light speed. So you can get across the system in like a minute. Um, I've noticed this ship has the ability to pick up things and then throw them. Does yeah, every ship they all, have that? They ability? all do that. That okay. is actually a common usage thing, uh, because so there's different places you can go that are like. Um, mission based but then there's also just locations called undiscovered sites you can go to the, around each area that have each undiscovered site is a particular location of interest in that solar system and has a bunch of stuff to find and a bunch of wrecked ships usually and usually at least one little mini quest that you have to do and what happens is you find these derelict ships and they're little dungeons they're little puzzles and you have to pick sometimes you have to pick up power cores and take them over and shoot them into the slots they belong in mm. uh, there's other there's enemies that have particular like special shields that have to be hit by kinetics which means you can pick up like wreckage around the battlefield and sling it at them and that'll drop that shield and then you can do damage to them so, so it's pick, like any other action rpg you're finding yeah, the enemy weaknesses and then using the right weapon or ability against them and you've got your your weapons do energy and kinetic damage energy does damage to shields kinetic does damage to armor and hull um but it's actually pretty flexible most most weapons do both okay just they do more of one than the other uh-huh. so like on mine right now i have i have these lasers that just shred shields but don't do much to armor and then i have a gatling gun that can cut through cut through armor and hull in a split second so but if they got one, shields there's nothing so it's you, just like using the shotgun to blow up the shields in resident evil 4 and then kinda. pulling out the pistol to finish them yeah off. and you don't even need to do like if you if you get the shields down any if you get the shields down and there's no armor you're gonna shred their hull pretty quick any, okay. no matter what so it's not that picky mm-hmm. about it but there but you can run out of you know weapon energy because they draw from the power plant so if you run out of one you got to switch to the other uh, this is so here you can go in almost anything. Uh, there are also planets. You can't land. You never in go on foot though, right? You can't get on foot, but you can actually land on planets. There are planets you can land on. There's areas you can fly around on, like above, you know, sort of like Rogue Squadron style. Yeah, but then um, you just use that for stuff like this, kicking yeah, you, out your ship. Yeah, you just land there. You repair. You can do that. You, there's crafting. You, so if you if you can't find new a new a better component through the looting you can craft like a random component or you can craft a, as you you can uh, dismantle components and if you dismantle three of a particular v- a rarity type 
end uh, component type, you get the blueprint for that component of that rarity type. So if you're like, oh, I need a new shield generator because I haven't found a good shield generator in like three hours, you can just you can craft one, mm-hmm. and it's random, but it'll probably be better than what you're already using. Okay. So you can kind of you kind of control your own upgrades that way. There's a whole perk system where every ally you get. Um, what do the allies do for you? The allies, uh, in the story, they're, they're obviously part of the story, but the mm-hmm. allies have perk systems. So each one usually has two or three um, upgrade things where it's like you spend, you go in and you spend the resources that meet all the criteria and you get the perk for that. Mm-hmm. So like the first, your first ally, like one of the perks is... Um, um, uh, like speed of how long it takes you to get to jump speed, like it cuts the time down time down on that. Or uh, one of the one of the later allies you get, uh, you can um, teleport stuff from your hold to your storage back at base without going back to base. That's a big one. Um, the medic you get, uh, she one of her things is great. It's uh, it pops energy orbs sometimes out of enemies you kill, and in the first level. It uh, replenishes your weapon energy and your boost, mm-hmm. and then you can upgrade it again. And now it does that, but it also replenishes your armor a little bit, uh, okay. and a little bit more. It replenishes your shields. So now every time you kill somebody, if you pick up or if they drop orbs and you pick those up, like you've got like some of your some of your protection back again just from killing somebody. Now they and don't ever fight alongside you, do they? Not so far. Okay. Uh, actually, no. A couple of them do, but okay. not often. Like they're not somebody you. It's not like Star Fox. No, it, but there there are like story missions. This gives where they me follow. strong Star Fox vibes, by the way. It's not. It makes me think like, what could the next Star Fox look like? If they were <laughs> able to let you free roam 3D, yeah. yeah, like it could be. Like it's very arcadey. It is not a sim at yeah. all. Don't like you, all you need to worry about is not holding the holding the fire button down long enough that your your guns run out. Basically, yeah. is the plot strong enough to keep stringing you along and keep yeah, you playing? Yeah, plot's kind of interesting. Like because you're you're tra- you're running from the colonial forces, but you're also trying to figure out like who you are and like because the thing about being a clone in this is they still have all the memories of their previous versions of themselves and that's a kind of a problem because that's you You don't want to remember that stuff yeah you remember all the times you died basically and at one point you do find uh one of the things you're looking you're looking for a particular component you need to get out of the system and you do find uh your own body from a previous from a previous battle wow because because early on i was confused because it says that like um this takes place in like something like 3060 Mm -hmm. like the year 3060 or something and it lists your character's birth date as like twenty nine ninety five, and you look about twenty. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? And it's like, oh, they're a clone. And like, so the, the, the person you were cloned from was born like sixty uh, years ago, but you are only like twenty five years gotcha, old. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay. And then that gets involved in things. Eventually, you run into some that you run into like this guy who tries to stop you from from leaving the system, who is. Pretty clearly you. Mm. Pretty clearly probably the original you. Uh-huh. And is going around trying to take all his clones out. Oh, shit. That seems the main villain of the game seems to be you. <laughs> Erebus Jones is asking, uh, the first one was made specifically to play with the mouse. It got joystick support later, but it wasn't great. Is this one nice to, uh, does this one play nice with controllers? This works, it, I've been playing this completely with an Xbox controller. It works extremely well. Great. Um, That's good to hear. And yes, like, yeah, Everspace One, Everspace One was a completely different piece. Yeah, it's really do bizarre. Not, do not take any Everspace One bag. I like the Everspace One fine, but don't yeah. take any Everspace One baggage or expectations to this game. It's a completely different game. It probably should have a different name. Is it better? 
it's vastly better. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I partly say because I like open world action RPGs way more than roguelikes. Yeah. But like, um, no, this is a this is an exceptionally good game. I, I love this game. How um, much is it selling for? It's fifty. Fifty bucks. Uh, fifty. Oh, it's, I think it's on discount now for like forty five. Like for the launch week, or whatever, mm-hmm. but the, the the main retail price is fifty. It is on Game Pass on PC right now. Um, it is right now. Um, I don't actually. I don't think the version on Game Pass right now is one I think it's like the previous build. Oh, okay. Because they haven't gotten that to update yet through Microsoft, mm-hmm. but it will soon. And they said the versions are basically the same, just tweaks. Um, and then it will hit uh, PS Five and Xbox. Uh, this summer it, and we'll probably and i believe it will be on game pass this summer as well on xbox it's kind of absurd that this game isn't also already playable on xbox series it's just a pc like mm-hmm. well that's it's not um it's not that it's it's the the certification yeah yeah i know but, I, like, I get it but it's like they should have had it done for xbox series for game pass like mm-hmm. they they're, they've talked about that this is a very small team yeah this is, this is a there's a company called rockfish in germany I'm it's, familiar it's, with it's them. 20 people yeah 20 people made this. They make pretty good games. Uh, like, they do. Typically, not they just do. this one. They've made good games in the past. No, and so this is and so once you get you can get through the uh, the the gates, you can travel to different systems and then Oh, opens, there comes an enemy ship yeah, out of the you gate. Gotta, you got to watch what you're doing. <laughs> watch and you, out. And yeah, you go up against cap ships at times and like uh, the, and the explosions are very satisfying. Yeah, they are. I've been um, watching them in the B-roll. You can pick these things apart like crazy. Like you can pick all the all the turrets off. Same with the bases. You pick the turrets off. You can even pick off individual plates of armor. Really? Uh, to make them more vulnerable that way. Um, you can like there's there's a type of, of uh, type of enemy that is like basically a mine layer and shoots mm-hmm. mines at you. You can grab the mines in midair and spit them and back at them. them. And there is actually a challenge. You, you can do challenges uh, that pop up like where you like do this. You know. You know, just defeat, and one of them is like defeat a devastator with his own mind. Uh-huh. There's like things like you know, answer whatever. And every time you complete a set of challenges, you get another perk. Like you get more, you get either. This bonus. is like a boss fight here. Yeah, taking on this yeah. big frigate. And you level leveling up is pretty slow, but it but it it does give you substantial like upgrades. Um, like you will definitely feel the difference fighting. If that was definitely a satisfying explosion. Yeah, you'll definitely feel the difference between like fighting like a level eleven enemy when you're level 10 and when you're level 11 like it's very yeah. noticeable um and then once you leave and move on in the story like previous systems will upgrade so they become more dangerous so it's not like you can always go back to the first system and just steamroll everything yeah um and it's really good and as you're as you're jumping from like place to place as you're, you're faster than light traveling like so there's like unknown sites which are permanently on the map, and you can always pick them and go there and discover them and go back to them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you're traveling, things will pop up, both distress calls and unknown signals, and those are only there for that moment. And oh. if you want to, you can stop and divert to that and see what's over there. And those are like random encounters. So they have like and, emergent, it has yeah. emergent elements then. And those are the most dangerous things I have done in the game. Like sometimes the, those encounters, like oh somebody's run out of uh, you know been damaged, and you got to like give them some nano machines to help them repair their ship, and they give you money mm-hmm. or. Or it's like, oh, we're being attacked by fighters, and you fight them off, or whatever. Or you'll like find a derelict ship, or sometimes like it's just like, oh, this system is rich in resources, and you got to fight. You know, there's usually enemies around, but you can like mine for like a lot of crystals and stuff. But sometimes you land in a place, and you're in the middle. And suddenly you're like, oh, it's an it's an enemy base, and there's forty guys. Like I have been in the middle of dogfights, like you wouldn't believe. But then you've got stuff to deal with that eventually. Like you, like so like you've got um, powers. You hold on the controller. You hold X and hit a direction on the D-pad. You know, it's like I have a an EMP blast and I have a super boost. So like, if I get in real trouble, I just hit the super boost and like I rocket like five kilometers away and don't have to worry about them like overwhelming me. Um, 
And I have another one that like basically it's 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 a nice little cheat. It restores forty percent of all the damage to your shield and armor that has happened in the last fifteen seconds. Oh. So if you like get totally hosed by yeah. something, you hit that and get a little of your life back and boost the fuck oh, out nice. of there. But like now I've upgraded that you can upgrade all those things too. So I've upgraded the EMP blast. So it it restores a certain percentage of my life per enemy that gets hit by the of my shield by oh. by per enemy that gets hit by the EMP blast. So if I'm being overwhelmed, my shields go down and I'm surrounded by guys. I hit that. I hit 15 guys. My shields are completely back. Wow. And now okay. they're all disabled for 15 seconds. Okay. And I can just go pick them all. Pick right. Because they've been the the EMP disabled. Them. And it's still too much. You rock it away. Like there's a lot of stuff you can play with that. And like, oh, you can, there's all this the sounds like your dream game. You man. can all you can upgrade all the different. <laughs> yeah. You can buy all these different kinds of ships. So there are like big bombers and freighters and things. They're not all starfighters like Rogue that. Squadron ish. Oh yeah. This section here. They're not all, they're not all uh, just starfighters. And then you can modify them so you can change the colors. You can change the main color, the secondary color, and the lighting color. You can change the lights on all the individual booster rockets on the ship. You can change the windshield color. Wow. Uh, you can put decals on it. You can change the wings, the back and the front. So, like, there's all these different parts. So, if you don't like the way the ship looks, you want it to look like a different thing, you can slowly pick those up. You can pick all those up randomly. They, they get dropped by enemies. So, like, you can customize those things like crazy. You can have a fleet of ships. in. You can keep your old ships and swap them out whenever you want. There are different rarity grades of all the ships. Um, Robonian says, this sounds like a Star Wars game. It makes me think of Star Wars. Like yeah. these people should be making a Star Wars game. These, you could do a lot worse than to give these people the fucking Star Wars yeah, license. Man. I'm just saying, that's what I'm guys. Saying, like they might, they need a little help in the script. But yeah. like, it, it, well, that's a I think you would get that I mean, from from Lucasfilm. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to let the developer handle that anyway. There, so. There's there's definitely some things in this where you're like. Um, that's not English. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, most of it's very good, and 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 you know, certainly for what it is. But there's moments where it's like, that's not what that idiom is in yeah, English. That's like, yeah. um, I can't remember what it was, but it was it was some expression in English that was like, it was like mixing two different expressions, and I don't think it was intentional. But <laughs> but otherwise, it gets it gets there fine. Yeah. The, the voice acting, they're, they're actual professional voice actors with like resumes on IMDb and everything. Like it's not like a fly by night thing. I just saw there was a sticky turret. Can you fire a turret and you then can, it'll plant on something and yes. start firing? Yeah. That's sweet, man. That is one of the the. So you have like equipment. You know how you I love use. turrets already. Yeah. Like <laughs> so you, can, you can fire that off and stick it to like a nearby asteroid or whatever, and it'll just sit. there It'll and fire just auto target. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a limited. That's a limited like inventory thing. Yeah. But you can also craft those eventually if you find the blueprint. That's great. So forty five bucks PC only right now. PC only right now. Free on Game Pass. Game Pass if you if you have it on PC. Um, forty five right now. Fifty normal price. Yeah. Did it um, put your rig to the test at all? Yeah. Once you turn everything up, it actually yeah. looks pretty good. Like it's not doing Cyberpunk Overdrive mode or anything. Yeah. But like it's really and if you turn the metallic sheen, you can turn the metallic sheen up and down and the gloss on the paint. Mm -hmm. You turn that way up, it's reflecting all the lasers that oh, pass geez. by it and all those neon. Like there's a big like there's a big like star base you get to in the second system that's like basically like a big like cyber base city in this in the space and they've got you know neon lights everywhere and stuff and it's all reflecting off the ship and it looks look great look who decided to show oh, up <laughs> you're a little late we're finally here i think i have to fire you yeah. <laughs> she's like no you're fired call time is 12 30 <laughs> we send you the sheet every week <laughs> well anyway um, so there you go that's ever space no. ever space two, 45 bucks pc only yeah. game pass really really nice surprise yeah um, i mean it doesn't even seem like it's a game that's just for people who like space sims like um it really feels yeah. like someone who's cinetyke asks how it compares to chorus um it is similar to chorus yeah uh, i'm getting those vibes it does not have the magic psychic element um 
so it's it's a little more I, I hate to hesitate to use the word grounded but like it's a little more traditional space sci-fi um so it's not as dark and sort of it's not as story driven i would say and then the areas are bigger and there's more to kind of discover and do mm-hmm. um but it is very if you like chorus i can't imagine you wouldn't like this it's it's it doesn't have the magic powers like you're not like teleporting behind people and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like really like chorus and I really like this too. I will say, I will say this. Um, uh, I will be very surprised if this doesn't pop up in my in the game of the year episode for me. No oh, wow! Um, it is it is one of the best things I've played in wow. a long time Big in, ter- in terms in terms of this subgenre. And in fact, if I hate Starfield. I am going to go back. I'm going to go back to this game to make myself feel better. All right. How about that? That's, Fair that, enough. that's what I'm planning. This will be. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about a big event that happened this weekend, and that is Star Wars Celebration. Um, not a ton of game-related stuff at Star Wars Celebration this yeah. year. I noticed nobody mentioned that fucking Quantic Dream game. Right. If yeah. they did, I didn't see it. All they mentioned was Star Wars Jedi Survivor. They released a brand new gameplay launch trailer. In fact. I think this is the last in-engine trailer that's going to come out for the game. It has to be. I think they'll have a big cinematic thing, probably, CG something or other, for launch day. Have the commercials hit yet? Not yet. No, they did, actually. They did. I was watching a baseball game, and I saw a commercial for it. Yep. Good, good. So they're, they're out there now. It's the um, only only sports to advertise on now, I guess. Yeah, right? seems like. I mean, where, where else do ho- you advertise stuff? Know. Is hockey on now? Yeah, yeah, they're about to go into the playoffs. Does anyone advertise on hockey? Well, yeah, they have to have TV commercials, right? Like but do you see else. like game, like yeah, yeah. Game commercials? Yeah, they know where the bread's buttered. <laughs> they know that males watch sports live. <laughs> but for the most part, everything that's in this trailer was it's just a cut down of all the footage that we showed you guys mm-hmm. last week whenever they put out that big group of B roll. Now, they did announce one thing about the game. Coruscant is going to be a playable planet. However, they hinted that it won't be an open-world environment, which is a Mm. little strange. I guess you're just going to land somewhere, and they're just going to shuttle you inside real quick. I imagine it'll be an area, but it'll probably be mostly hallways. Yeah, that'd be my guess. My guess is it's probably going to be like that that 1313 area. Yeah, probably. It's it's just going to be very cyberpunk-y. Yep, that'd be my guess. Don't expect to see that rock park from... uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. But we're coming down the home stretch here with this game. It's only a couple weeks away now. There's not much time left for them to convince people to get on board with it. So Star Wars Celebration obviously was a big deal for them. Um, and it's, I, a, it's a lot of announcements. I'm really curious. I cannot believe he won't show up at some point in the live action stuff. Yeah. Cal. Uh, you would think. I'm just really curious how this game is tracking. Like, I can see our traffic on Sifted, and it's doing pretty well. It's not doing gangbusters. Um, I'm just wondering, like, how, if this is really catching people's attention. Um, I imagine it will. Yeah. We'll see. We'll to, I, I don't think we, we don't really know one way or the other until, uh, um, you know, the sales hit, yeah. frankly. Like, I would think this would do well, but I, again, you don't know. And it's hard to release something. It's always hard when you know that the advertisements aren't going to be on an NFL game. Yeah. Because it's just the amount of eyeballs you get from that is so important yeah and the season doesn't start till september so yeah or even basketball yeah you know i'm sure that would have been nicer to be able to advertise on march madness yeah i mean nba playoff games they'll get 18 million Mm -hmm. viewers usually for like two big teams nhl playoffs you get like five million maybe Mm -hmm. um so you're right it may struggle a little bit to reach a big audience with a single ad like it could have during yeah i mean it's it's, it is got the strength it has is that the first one sold so well and Mm -hmm. and everyone still likes it so yep i think more of that is going to be well received so we'll see yep 
And then we got to go through these very quickly, Matt. So I want like a sentence or two on each one of these. Um, the first trailer for Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and it provided a glimpse of the Star Wars Rebel crew in live action. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Uh, well, that's from the the cartoon that uh, followed up Clone Wars that took place between the trilogies and kind of ran right up against the beginning of the first Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of that, basically, one of the characters is, vanishes with Ad- Grand Admiral Thrawn to somewhere, thanks to hyperspace whales. Which, by the way, if you remember <laughs> the first or second episode of the new Mandalorian season, yeah. they're in hyperspace. I haven't watched it yet. None of it? The new oh, season? Oh, right, because you only subscribe to Disney I Plus when you, yeah. until it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where uh, Mandalor- the Mandal- Din is asleep in the ship and baby, uh, baby Yoda Grogu is, is looking around and sees something outside of the hyperspace lane. And it's one of those whales, oh. which to, uh, all, to all Rebels fans is like, oh, here comes here comes here Rebels. Come Rebels. So, yeah. And that that whole thing is going to apparently introduce like a whole different because where they ended up is like it's like the, the leaks are vague, but it's like. It might be a different universe, or it might be a different version of the Star Wars universe where the Force works differently, mm. and like all this, like like a different timeline almost, where they could do other things that aren't possible in the normal Star Wars timeline. There's also rumors that the skeleton crew in that show end up there, oh. and that connects up that way. Um, it's they're getting real weird. Yeah. With it. Um, and bringing in Thrawn is going to be interesting because obviously he's from the old expanded universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I'm I, those the Timothy Zahn books are probably the best, other than the, X, the Michael Stackpole X Wing books, are probably the best expanded universe novels. But they are still terrible books. Yeah. Um, and Thrawn being rescued from them and being turned to a better character on Rebels is cool. And bringing him back in the Rebels team is going to be great because I I like all those characters. Hera is one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time because she's like a badass pilot and all that stuff. And that more mm-hmm. space space fighter show, yeah. you know, you know that. Um, I love and I would love to. to I want to play a Star Wars game where I play Hera's role, which is I fly the ship and all the other idiots get off and do other shit, and I get <laughs> out of it. I, 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 want to be, I want to be a Star Wars combat bus driver. That's, that's, that's my Star Wars game. Okay, let's get through more of these. Three new Star Wars films are in the works, mm-hmm. and then Daisy Ridley showed up. Right. Uh, so Ray is going to be in at least one of them. Ray, yeah, one, the one is, is one from James Mangold, which is about the origins of the Force, like fifteen thousand years before the movies. So that's wow. even way even before. That, that's like the origins of the you know, the the like in the Kotor games. They talk about the 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 or, original Empire. I can't remember, Infinite Empire. I think it's called the Rakata. Mm-hmm. I, that's what that's what that would be. That would be like even before all that. Wow. Um, so the origins of how the Force works. That's kind of cool. And that's written and directed by the guy who wrote and directed um, the new Indiana Jones movie, which, which also got a new trailer. I got a new trailer. Great trailer. Which means Lucasfilm is real happy with Indy Five. Right. If they're giving that to him. Yeah. Which so. is good to hear because the last yeah. Indy movie was terrible. Yeah. So that's good news. What are the other two films? Uh, the the second one is. J- uh, Dave Filoni is going to write and direct a movie that is going to bring together all the story threads into a climax of Mandalorian, Ahsoka. All those, oh. all those shows are going to come together, and it has to be the conflict with Thrawn. It has interesting ha- because you'll notice in the Ahsoka trailer, she mentions he wants to be the heir to the Empire. Yeah, I'm that sorry is, we can't show you this stuff either. That is, it'll also send up. That is the name of the strikes. first Thrawn book. Uh, from 1991 or whatever. Gotcha. That was the original expanded universe novel, Heir to the Empire. Mm-hmm. And so that is what they're kind of, kind of not going to adapt it because that story isn't good enough to be in the Filoni's. Filoni is a better writer than that, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, I think they will end up with uh, some version of Thrawn and his 
Katana fleet or whatever versus the New Republic, and all those characters will it'll be the Avengers right. of the Filoni verse, basically. Okay. What's and, the third? One? And the third one is uh, the the Ray, the Daisy Ridley returns thing, which is going to be 15 years after the Rise of Skywalker, and she is going to be basically trying to you know run a new Jedi order. No. Oh. Um, but she's the last Jedi, Matt. Well, yeah, but like she's, not, but she she can make more, I guess. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you can raise. New, she took all the books. Yeah, it'd be fine. I mean, I you know, look, I hate the Rise of Skywalker. I thought that movie was terrible, and I don't like that she's a, called herself Skywalker. I think she should have stayed as no. I think she should have accepted. She should have gone to be nobody, and because that's what that movie sets up. But they can't a, let Skywalker die, Matt. Yeah, let it go. Um, she's a Palpatine anyway. So the, a Palpatine has taken the Skywalker. That's very weird. <laughs> it is. That's I agree. Ve- so I think that yeah. they'll they'll do. You'll use that movie if that movie comes out. I think the other two are definitely going to happen. I think this this movie, if any of the three doesn't actually end up happening, probably this one might not because yeah. it's a hard follow up. Having her there though, pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, she's she she and those the, the main three were pretty adamant that they weren't going to do any of this again. Mm-hmm. I think Oscar Isaac will stay gone. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac has other things to do. Yeah. Um, but I think Boyega might show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see Finn making an appearance at some point in that movie. I don't think people would. Um, I'd be I'd be happy to see see them. Yeah, it's fine. Me too. Um, and then they showed the first clip from the Acolyte. Mm-hmm. And then which showed... we didn't get to see because that was not made public. Yep. And then the oh first... no 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 they did show that they did show that did they that was, yeah that was the one with all everybody with the orange sabers. Oh right um, right yep you're right and then the first look at Skeleton Crew. Yeah. And then Andor season two they announced launches next year. Yeah. Which I was pleasantly August surprised to see. I was really afraid it'd be three years before we got another season. No, I season. think they were, they were already working on that. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. So that was good to hear. And then the new Indiana Jones trailer that they showed, which mm-hmm. also was really good. So how would you rank, rank this Star Wars celebration in the grand scheme of things? Oh, that's good. It's like, yeah. an, it's like an A-. minus. Seems like a good one. Yeah. Like the only thing that could have made it better is if you gave me like that Rogue Squadron game that yeah. I've been waiting for forever. I was surprised that they didn't play the game. Like for 20 so, minutes yeah, in front of the crowd. Star Wars there. Celebration isn't really about that. This like, is your big chance. That's a big chance but in front of that audience. You no, know, you would bore that audience. That, yeah. that audience is... You, Even like a five-minute boss fight or something? Nah, just a trailer. Makes wow. more sense for that. Everybody's there to see those the yeah. actors on stage. They don't I get care it. about the game. Okay. I mean, they do care about the game, but that's not what they went that's to Europe. They, they went to Europe to see. Right. So, no, I get it. Yeah. Seems like a really good Star Wars celebration to me. Um, mm-hmm. We covered a little bit on the site. I know you guys love Star Wars. Oh, and, and uh, Visions, the second season of Visions, which looks cool. Oh, was shown at Star Wars Celebration? Yeah, they, they put that out publicly. That, that's the, the animated kind of non-canon, like, alternate universe stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, they, it was all anime last time, and this this time it seems to be all over the world. Like, oh. different different studios from all, animation studios from all over the world. Looks pretty cool. Okay. Again, I apologize that we can't show you all this stuff. It, they throw up copyright strikes, and they'll demonetize mm-hmm. the entire show. We can show 10 seconds of one of those Star Wars trailers, and it will demonetize the whole three-hour show. Esmond says the it. division of Disney's in total flux. None of those projects are sure to come out. No, they all are, except for the, those movies. Yeah. Like the the almost everything they they talked about there is already in post production. Mm-hmm. Ah, Ahsoka's in post production. Skeleton Crew's in post production. Uh, the Star Wars Visions two is is made uh, is already pretty much done through. Uh, the only thing I think is questionable is um, uh, the Daisy Ridley movie. I think I think that might fall apart in in screenwriting. I think there might be a point where you just decide that's not salvageable. Um, certainly would be my opinion. Like good luck. Like I hope you come yeah. up with something. The other two, I think Mangle gets stuff done, um, and uh, Filoni is obviously going to get that move. Like there's no question. Like that's what they've been building to mm-hmm. this whole time. Yeah. Uh, the only question is is 
the audience for the Disney Plus show is going to transfer to a film audience because, let's be honest, way more people watch movies worldwide than watch Disney Plus shows. Yeah. Um, and Marvel has kind of... I think it'll work. Somewhat. Marvel surprised me in that they reference the shows as much as they do, yeah. like especially in Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. Um, this movie has to stand alone to some degree. So it, it has to be the culmination of all these plot threads, but it also has to be its own thing. Basically, it has to make sense, standing on its own two they, They're doing this, trying to pull the same trick that the Firefly movie did, basically. Mm, and yeah. that didn't work It really well. didn't, no. So, we'll see. Filoni's a, a very talented writer. I have faith. So, yeah, me too. But, like, it's going to be one hell of a high wire act. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. That's Star Wars Celebration 2023. Let's move on. We're going to have a little bit of fun on Game Face. So this week, Kotaku published a feature um, where they selected the best-looking video game consoles of all time. And I started looking through it. It was like a slideshow or whatever. I started looking through it, and I realized, I'm like, man, it's, it's really hard to figure out, like, which ones look the best. It was hard for me to pick the one that was the best. I thought it might be a fun thing for Matt and I to discuss on Game Face. So Matt and I have both selected two consoles for the best consoles ever, best looking consoles ever. We have a runner up and we have a winner. And once we start discussing this, if you guys wanna start putting your picks in the chat, once Matt and I are done discussing it, I will be sure to share your picks as well um, through the, uh, the, the audio of the podcast. So first of all, Matt, what is your runner up for the best looking console of all time? My runner up is the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. What is it about the Dreamcast that you like about the looks of it? I like, there's something about the shape of it I like, like the, 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 the kind of the convex front, and then it has that weird sort of swoop. It almost has like a spoiler. Yep. In it's the back. built almost like a drag car. Yeah. 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 I, I like the look of the I like Dreamcast. I like the vents on the side. Uh -huh. I like the four ports on the front. I like the weird little arrow. I prefer the triangle. The, yeah, the weird little triangle. I, it comes over the, the CD case. Yeah. I prefer the Japanese one because on the Japanese one... Are they different? They are different. I didn't know that. I'll try and dig them out. I think I have them both in the closet downstairs. The On the Japanese one, it's more clear. What's more clear? The, the triangle. Oh, really? There's a difference on the tr between the triangles. And I remember... I if did I recall, not know that. If I recall correctly, I like the Japanese one better. I think the Japanese one is that clear all the way back. And the American one is is the solid gray. Interesting. I did not know. If that I remember, I think that's that's it because that's an American because that's an American one because it has the the Windows thing down yeah. there, which is different on the Japanese one. It's not the same logo. Now I did know that there was a bunch of colors that launched in Japan that never came to the U.S. Yes, there was like a Godzilla green one. And yeah. A, all this. I like I like the regular white one. I'm not a fan of alternate color consoles usually. I typically am not either. However, my first runner up. I am a big fan of alternate colors. And oh, right, right. Because my pick for runner-up for best-looking console ever is the PlayStation 5. However, with the stipulation that it has the black plates. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll say this. Putting the black plates on it made me realize that it's just an attractive console in general. I actually feel like the white distracts from sort of the sculpting that they've put the no, PlayStation it definitely 5 does. I think it definitely does, yeah. Put it where it, when everything's black in all one uniform color, I think it looks like a different console, and you can see the artistic touches of the console. No, the the shape is more evident with the black on it. Yeah, and I, you know, I was looking. I've looked through literally through dozens of photos of consoles, and I really struggled to find one that I liked more. I will say I like it better horizontal. 
Um, my wife uh, won't let me stand my I think, console vertical. Well, I think that I think that looks <laughs> like a better. I think that's a cooler looking design like that. It looks more like some kind of spaceship or something. And standing up, I think it looks kind of dumb. Yeah, my the stipulation. My wife was like, "You can put as many consoles as you want on the entertainment center under the TV, but they all have to be horizontal." <laughs> and I was like, "Deal. I'll mm-hmm. take that deal if you're going to let me put all my consoles up there." You know, the other thing I thought I, I didn't mention this when we talked about it, but like. I thought about when I, I unplugged it and put away put it away for the last time, probably for the last time. Uh, the PSVR two, where it plugs in on the the P, that USB C port there on the front. Yeah. Vertically, I feel like that's gonna wear and tear. Over that is time. a little weird. It's gonna like hang the weight the hanging weight down. hanging there. I feel like yeah. that could be a problem. It can over the port. That wouldn't be a problem it's horizontally. True. Yep, it's true. I know it's weird that this console is one of the newest ones that came out. I mean, I just think aesthetically it is very pleasing and yeah. more pleasing with different colored plates in the white. I still have no idea why they went with like the two-tone PS5. Now, obviously, it hasn't hurt its sales because it's, nah, it's they sell fine. them as fast as they can make them, but I just think the all-black looks far more attractive than the black with the white. Even if it had just been a different, like not maybe as blinding a white. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, what do we know? They, they sold fine. Yeah, like, apparently they were right because ultimately it did very, very well. It was just weird. It was, I mean, more weird to me that they seemed caught off guard by the idea that people would want to change those plates. Yeah. It seemed like, I mean, maybe, yeah, that should, they should have been available. Maybe I'm just day. still thinking like Jay Allard back in the 360 right. launch days, but that felt like a pretty obvious. <laughs> it seemed move. obvious. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But, well, if you remember the. OG Xbox 360, it took them a long time before they started putting out face plates. Yeah. Like, we realized you could pop the plate off, and it took like a year and a half before they were ever like, yeah, you know what? Let's start making custom plates. Well, they showed that off when they first showed it. Did they? Yeah. The custom plates? They gave us custom plates on the way out of the press conference. I thought that was the second year after it was already out. No, that was the the reveal. Well, it was. That was the reveal. But you're right. They did not get any real mass-produced Face plates out beyond like that. They had like a launch celebration, mm-hmm. but like we thought it was going to be like oh, almost every game is going to have an accompanying yeah. plate. It would be like you know every kind of brand you could think of, every band you could think of. Like yeah. nothing. It was nothing. Yeah, like was you could bizarre. get like the you get like the seventies like like wood paneling one, yeah. and, like the Xbox three sixty kind of yeah, celebration yeah. one. I think there was a like a star one, and that was I have it. like ten of them in a closet. Like they're yeah. probably not worth anything at this point. The the e, once they gave out of that at E three two thousand five are worth something. Yeah, because they were only given out. They were there. numbered. Yeah, if I remember correctly. But like everything else, like no one really ever cared. Yeah, they never really caught on to the point that they got rid of it for the slimber. Yeah, thing, they so. didn't even have it anymore. Okay, it's time for you to announce your winner for the best-looking console of all time, Matt. Uh, my winner is the Super Famicom. So, and which is not a, just Super Famicom, but... No, Super Famicom, the Japanese right, one. Right, yeah. Yeah, not Super Nintendo, yeah. the Super, Super, Super Famicom. Famicom. Yeah. What do you like about this? I, I was surprised that this was your pick. I mean, I think it looks similar to the Dreamcast in some ways. It's just, it's just I like the shape of it. I like how, like flat it is i like how integrated the buttons are as opposed to like they're all like kind of slidey things yeah. in the in the um the us, in the US version yeah uh, i will say like my friend uh my friend andy got a super famicom like when it came out his dad brought it back from japan and so we, we were playing this for like a year before the super nintendo came out and when the super nintendo came out it was this big rectangle with these mm-hmm. big slunky buttons yeah. and like the big like clunky like eject <laughs> panel <laughs> yeah. like i was like oh god gro-. and like the the i like the cartridge slot like the cartridge the super famicom cartridges are um are kind of tapered. Yeah, they, they look a little bit more like the N sixty four cartridges. They actually. do. Yeah. Um, I think they. I think the shape of the the, the cartridges is really elegant and way better than the weird rectangle 
contraption that is yeah. the, the American This is what one. I have, by the way. This is my Super Nintendo. I have the Super Famicom. I don't have yeah. a, I don't have a U.S. Super Nintendo at all. Well, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> I like the logo better, like the little yeah. four-color logo they yeah. use. It matches the controller. Like, yeah. I just think this is it's an, it's a sleek design. It is. That Classic, simple. Way more than the American one. It doesn't have the weird purple from yeah. the American one. I really just didn't like what the Super Nintendo looked like I, in Me too. I agree. I don't like it to look so. at it either. Yeah. And okay. I, this, I think this just is an elegant, clean, like no nonsense. Be- it's a beautiful piece of piece of design, especially for the time. Yeah, like they weren't really making things. And it, it's no, not nothing all, looked like that. No, at the time. it's not all black. Yeah. It's got like two tones. It, it stands. It doesn't look. Didn't look like anything else on the on the console on the shelf. One thing I will say. The controller cables on that thing are literally like a foot and a half long. Yeah, they, they really <laughs> made that one for Japanese apartments. Literally a yeah. foot and a half long. Yeah. It's really insane. So I yeah. did get. He like, had a, he had a tiny little bedroom, but we still had to sit on the floor yeah. in front of the TV. And I like, did get U.S. controllers for it because yeah. of the length of the yeah. cord. So ultimately, I did have to buy something from the. The U.S. controllers were definitely better. Yep. Uh, you, there was no one correct solution to the Super Nintendo. Nope. Um, and my pick. For the best looking console of all time, and this may surprise people, is the Nintendo GameCube. I just, it's just classic. There's, it's so simple that it is. Here's one I do support alternate colors on. Yeah. I got a black one. Yeah, I got a, I got a black one at launch. Then I sent it away to get it like painted and customized and got a mod chip put in it. Mm -hmm. So now I have a a forest green metallic GameCube. And not only that, Mm -hmm. they were also replaced the LED light in mine. So I have a blue LED light instead of the hmm. orange one that comes stock. But that is better. The GameCube is so simple that it has withstood the test of time. You could put that out tomorrow and it wouldn't be any different than when it was put out in the early aughts. Mm-hmm. It could, and then the crazy part was, I remember when it came out, they're like, wait a minute, this is GameCube. Why is this thing actually not a cube? It's a rectangle. And then Nintendo dropped the final shoe, which was like, hey, Here's this Game Boy player that we had in it in the works all along that we never told you about that actually makes it a perfect cube. Mm. When you put the Game Boy player on it, then it actually becomes the GameCube. Yeah, I've and I've had that Game Boy player on it for so long that when I moved, I for, I'd forgotten that that's not. That it was just extra. What the, yeah, I'd forgotten <laughs> that that wasn't just what the system looked like in the first place. Yeah, I was, I was like, all right, there's another thing on this. Like, yeah, the handle. I mean, handle. I mean, it's it's a lunchbox. Yeah, let's be it's, it's, a it's not. Bit. It's not cool. Picking indigo it's, for it's, its base default color, I think, was a huge mistake. Um, Probably. I mean, I, I'll be honest. The, my favorite color GameCube is the weird, like dark teal debug version yeah. that never got sold yeah, yeah. I, that was my favorite color of any gamecube and they never sold it publicly i mean ultimately the they kit. ended up having like nine or ten colors a bunch of them. some of them yeah. were just for specific games that orange one was horrible um, you didn't like the I didn't burnt like, orange i didn't like the orange the orange juice box so. i like that one um, um i like the resident evil they did a resident evil one that silver cool. looked good the, the black red. looked good i, I liked the burnt orange Nothing will ever match that era of N sixty four where they were just they were making the see through jelly ones. Yeah, well, because like, it was the it was the iMac era, so everything yeah. had to be see through and transparent. And it was like, there was like seven different transparent N sixty fours. Yeah, and they did the same thing with the Game Boy colors too. But like, yeah, and it, this doesn't count for its looks very much. But you know, it's not loud. Like the fans on it are yeah. like dead quiet. It's just a very elegant machine. Well, Look there's at the also controller there's ports. It's like it's. It's just one dot for port one, two mm-hmm. dots for port two. Like, which I, the Dreamcast stole. Did it? 
It has this as the same thing. Oh, I didn't on it. It has that. the dots on it. Yeah, uh, the the memory ports very simple. Everything is just very there's all, simple. There's clean also and something elegant. very satisfying about pressing the tray open button. Yeah, and it has a slow like eject. Yeah, it's but that, like that button feels that it. button feels good to press. I yeah. don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> no, you're right. Yep. So there you go. That's my pick for the best looking console of all time. Now I want to see what you guys think. Let's go into the chat and see what you guys are saying. I saw someone say the Atari Jaguar, which I was like, okay, I can understand that. Um, oh, yeah, I guess the Dreamcast did come first. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I think about it. You're yeah, right. It did. That was a couple of years earlier. Uh, very Gooster. I like the original PS4 console. Yeah, it looks good. Do you remember what it looks like? The, it's one downstairs. Yeah. The original PS4, not the PS3. Oh, PS4? Yeah. It was just a shorter PS4 Pro. Pretty basically. much, yeah. PS4 Pro just added a story onto the onto yeah. the house. <laughs> You're right. That's really um, all it did. Yep. Um, I mean, there, I, PS5 looks better horizontal. Yeah. I there's also like there's not a lot of great looking game consoles. <laughs> Mega Drive of, guy. PS5 definitely one of Sony's worst designs in my view. <laughs> I guess uh, we definitely have different tastes. <laughs> I mean, I the PS5 actually stands out in some way at least. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it actually has a design. It's not it's just the a first, rectangle. Right. It's the first time since the PS1 that it's not just a black rectangle. Yeah. And to be fair, my best looking console was a, a per- parallelogram. It was yeah. a rectangle. And there's some things like like I mean, like I think the PS2 Slim is cool. Look estimate the ps5 is i'm wondering how many of these people are xbox fans that just <laughs> i mean the P- i can see somebody hating the ps5 by it's the way a, matt, it's the ps5 is a bold choice and you either love it or you hate it yeah I think. by the way matt last week when i was talking about how i felt like there was a certain segment of people who are happy to see e3 die because they hated that it was an exclusive event when we put that episode up on YouTube, it was literally the first comment that the episode received was that I hate E3 because I could never go and you bunch of jerks like held it over my head that only you could get. So there is a segment of people who hate E3 because they weren't allowed to go for the long time. Because it was time. an industry expo yeah. event. It was never a convention. Yeah. Um, first 360 Slim model for not Cirque. Yeah, the, 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 the 360 Slim looks cool. PS Vita for me. A lot of people like it handhelds. Interesting. Of all the handhelds, I would say the first GBA is the one that has the best shape. Yeah, I like that. I I, I like the the GBA SP, like the, the, the clamshell. Clam shell. Like there's up. something just sort of like cool yeah. about that. You can do it with one hand, kind of thing. It's just, but again, it's just a square, you know, or a yeah. rectangle. Um, so I obviously uh, I the Atari one, is an interesting pick. That's a very weird. Esmon agrees with you. The Dreamcast. Uh, Barry Lomax, my initial thought is PS2. That's also a pretty good looking console. Although, one thing I didn't like about it, it doesn't have to do with this looks, but the the ridges in the front, you could never clean it. You could never yeah. get the dust yeah. out of that thing because it had those very small like ridges in the front. Yeah, you need to like take like a little toothbrush yeah, to it or something. Or yeah, or like yeah, Q tip with mm-hmm. like alcohol. Like it, they just after like six months. Every PS2 looked like trash because of those yeah. ridges that were on it. I did appreciate you could rotate the PlayStation logo yep. on it, though. Very <laughs> small thing that was very clever because you could stand it up vertically for the mm-hmm. first time. Uh, what else we got? I here? mean, I had had my PS1 vertical a couple of times just to get the fucking disc to work, but that was not yeah. intended. <laughs> Threadzilla OG Fat PS3. Wow. Wow. I didn't think we'd see any of those. I am not a fan of that. I think it's awful because it also mm. has that really cheap, flimsy plastic cover that goes over like all the memory card yeah. slots that literally just could easily snap off and be mm-hmm. gone forever i was not a fan but again i also don't like different. that it's curved on top because you can't put anything on it right it won't sit yeah 
Yeah, I agree. Not that you should put tons of stuff on your game consoles, but like you can put an action figure or something. Yeah. And I do, but like you can't do anything on that one. Uh, to me, PS5 is too big. So big. Just bought one. They are big. Yeah, they're big, but you, I don't... you could eat dinner off that thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that has to do with the actual look of it, though. But sure, I mean, it's impractical. Yeah, I'd still like the Dreamcast. It takes up a lot of space. I still like the Dreamcast. If it was twice as big. Yeah, um, it would just be silly. Come on, beige system. Has there ever been a beige system? Um. I mean, after a while, the Super Nintendo yeah, turns beige. all the old consoles turn beige. Um, <laughs> not really. Maybe I had to look up PS4. I forgot what it looked like. <laughs> it is funny how you forget this stuff already. I want to say it was the Coleco. What? No, those are all black. Those early ones are all black. Uh, Barry Lomax says the PS5 reminds me of an M&M cookie. Ultimate Villain says Xbox One X, just the rectangle square. Mm. Very simple. All right. Um, American SNES looks atrocious in comparison to the Japanese. Yep, agree. Yeah, I like the Genesis. I, like, I think the Genesis Mega Drive looks cool. Yeah. Actually, my favorite Genesis is probably the Genesis Two hooked to the Sega CD Two. Yeah. Like I think like, it's a that's a that's a fun looking beast. Yep. Um, George Foreman Grill PS3 is my favorite. The Legacy, so the, the OG PS3 mm. fat. Um, Sandwich has a lot of favorites. GameCube, Xbox Series X, New 3DS, Pokemon 20th Anniversary. I didn't never like any of the 3DS. I thought that was just heinous. All of them. Yeah, I wasn't. A, I don't think I was a fan the, of any. The of them. launch unit was maybe the ugliest console oh, ever awful. released. Awful. <laughs> so bad. Uh, Two Quick Capri liked the burnt orange on GameCube. PS One Slim looks slick from the Abram. Hmm. hmm. It's so small. I can't it remember. Just, yeah. It looked like a CD case almost. It was so tiny. It just showed you how they were able to to cram the, it all in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the PS2 Slim. I thought that was a cool. Yeah. Project Scorpio. I, mean, I don't know how much about, I don't know how much of that was the design and how much it was just like, oh wow, look how they crammed this all down in here. What this is really showing from you guys is that looks are completely subjective. Like mm -hmm. it's, I mean, there are consoles that you guys are picking that I would just think are the worst looking yeah. things I've ever seen, and you love them, and vice versa. Nobody. I likes. think the PS5 is a little piece of artwork, and you think it's trash. So it just goes no, to show you. Nobody likes the 2600 with the, the wood paneling. I mean, <laughs> I, that, I think you may be right. I think that's the one thing everybody's agreed on that looks like trash. It's the Atari 2600. Because they put out the Sears version that got rid of the wood paneling. It was just black on the front. And I was mm. jealous that my friends had the Sears knockoff one, and I had the OG Atari one that had the wood paneling on it. I mean, it's just the, the, the wood paneling 2600 is amazing to me because it's the design is intended to fit the current decor of houses, like suburban houses in 1977. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, we put one paneling on, it'll just blend with everybody's <laughs> right, living room because that's what they paneling. looked like. Yeah. And it was just like, it's it's such an, a weird little relic. Yeah. Can like, and now you, imagine, imagine like Sony trying to design something. It's like, you want to talk about the opposite of that? PS5. Yeah. Like, Sony does not care if that looks good in your room. <laughs> that you're, everyone is going to know that there's a PS5 here. The Legacy, the 2600, looks like an old AC unit. Yeah. <laughs> and Squishy Muffin says the white uh, Switch OLED looks good. Yeah, yeah I think it looks yeah, good. Yeah, it does. And yeah. then, oh, the, it's the best-looking Switch. I was, like the, I was like the Atari 5200 because it's gigantic for no reason. That yeah. I can, it's, like, it's, all, <laughs> it's bigger than the PS5, I think, in, yeah. like, front to back. And, like... The cartridge is so... It just goes in the middle. Like, the cartridge looks so lonely. Like, yeah. it's sort of in the middle of this giant console. You're like, why is there so much space here? Yeah. And, yeah. The, and then the controllers are those giant things with the number pads. Like, 50, the Atari 5200 was a trip. It was. Yep. So, there you go. There's our picks and your picks for the best-looking consoles of all time. And we've now run 
out of time, so we only have enough time for... And I can bring it up here. That's right, it's time for Name That Game, where I show you five screenshots from a video game and you try to guess the name of the game before Matt Kyle. A couple things before we get going. If you've won this year, do not play. You can only win once in the year. Don't guess, don't do anything, don't ruin it for everybody else. Um, also, if you have no interest in receiving a PC game code for winning, then please do not play. If you want to give it to somebody, that's totally cool. It's yours to do whatever you want with it. But if you think to yourself, hmm, a code for a game on Steam, I don't know what I would do with that. Just don't play. Let somebody else win it because that's what you get for winning. The winner gets a free PC video game. And with that, it's time to get going. This one should be really easy, but we'll see if you guys can get it. I literally think you should be able to get it from the first one, but that's all I'm going to say. Are you ready, Matt? Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. I got to put the chat in slow mode. That's another it's in, thing. It's in slow mode. What, it is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on slow mode. What happened? Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but we're already there. Um, you can only put... Uh, don't spam the chat with game titles. You can only guess once every 60 seconds. So, there you go. And here we go with the first image, and I do think you can get it from this. Name that game... Go! Oh, is that... Mondas Fight Palace, no. <laughs> is that Deus Ex? Well, Deus Ex, he had Human Revolution. Ding, 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 oh, we yeah. got a winner. <laughs> Matt, you got it, man, awesome, oh, no, I dude. Think, I think JJ Forcebreaker got it. Did it he? Pop, popped up immediately. Oh, I missed it. I couldn't, no, it came, it, right after I said it and you said ding, ding, I looked in it and his popped up immediately. Oh, okay. Then you are the winner. Congratulations. Who, who got it? JJ Forcebreaker. JJ Forcebreaker. Congratulations. Deus Ex HR. I couldn't remember the subtitle. Yeah, congratulations, JJ. And the reason that somebody could get it off of this first thing is... Is that color. It's gold. Everything is that color. Everything in that game is gold. And they made a big point of it. Like, they put out an entire developer doc about how the whole game is gold. And so if people, I knew if people were really following that game, they'd be able to get this right away. And, it, and notice the theme as we go through these. Gold. Mm-hmm. That one, I was like, I'll throw them off with this one. I'll find one screenshot with a one section that has no gold in it. <laughs> but then for the fourth one, right back to the gold, the gold lighting, and that showed kind of a robotic enemy there. And then this is the final one. Mm -hmm. But great job. What is it again? JJ Forcebreaker. I love that name. I should probably remember it since I like it so much. Here's another round of applause. JJ says, I spent like 400 hours with that gold filter. Please don't call it piss. It's art. <laughs> yeah, it's a choice. I mean, we all remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know how many people would. Because that game now is like 12 years old. Yeah. So I didn't know how many people would remember. You got it right away. JJ got it right away. And in fact, somebody else A couple other also, people got it. Yeah. A couple people got it right away. Yeah. I mean, there was also just the uh, the H-Bomber video about it. It's a yeah. three-hour video about how it's fine. <laughs> And it probably had 5 million views. I'll never understand YouTube. JM Rain, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, and and Esmont's like, oh, poor Shane. It's all good, man. Like, I knew this one. I kind of hoped that somebody would get it on the first one. I, I, I figured someone in our audience would remember that that was a thing about Deus Ex Human oh, yeah. Revolution. And sure enough, you guys did not let me down. You never do. Um, and unfortunately, I think that's it 
for Game Face 338. We are unfortunately out of time. We had actually two more topics that we were supposed to get to today that we never yeah, got we'll to. save them for next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll need them next week. And I think the truth is they will still work next week, yeah. which is great. <laughs> uh, JM Rain, thank you for gifting all the Tier 1 subs as well. Uh, before we go, I do want to say thanks to our sponsor, LS Cream. Um, it is a liquor company created and run by a fellow sifter, by a fellow gamer. If you like Bailey's Irish Cream, this is way better. It is an extremely versatile liqueur. You can mix it with your coffee. You can mix it with just about anything. Go to CreamLS.com. Check it out. There's a store locator there. Go buy 10 bottles and give them to your family. Give them to your friends or just drink them all yourself. I won't judge. But try to support LS Cream if you can. It really makes a big difference for us having a sponsor here. Um, and obviously, if you guys actually go and buy the product that's sponsoring us, they're more likely to continue being a sponsor. So we'd really, really appreciate it. Um, before we go, if you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services or you watch it on YouTube, it would be really great if you could go to patreon.com sifted and pledge. Um, Twitch Prime is great. It's sporadic. It's erratic. It's actually been terrible for us the last few months. It's not pulling the cart like it used to. Um, we really need people to go and pledge at patreon.com slash sifted. That's money that we can rely on, money that we, we can make plans with. Um, so even a dollar a month, if you just want to help us out, uh, $4 a month gives you all our content early. $2 a month gives you Pactor Factor, just Pactor Factor a week early. We'd really appreciate it if you go over and give us a little bit of a help. We really need it. Um, with that, I think that's it for the show. We'll be back next Tuesday at twitch.tv slash siftedgames at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, I'm not promising anything for next week's show <laughs> because this next week is pretty light, as you guys will see as you try to find something to play this week. Uh, Commander Fett says, I wish I could get some LS cream. They don't sell it in Utah. Interesting. Hmm. I wonder why. Is that something to do with the Mormon stuff? Maybe. I, I know when I went to Utah. Either that time, or like he just hasn't found distribution there yet. I interviewed for a job in Utah one time in Salt Lake City. And like after I interviewed, they were like, you want to go out and get something to drink? And I was like, sure. And they took me to a bar where I had to like sign in to get into the bar. And they had to like be my sponsor. Or I wasn't even allowed in the bar. Wow. Yeah. There's weird like alcohol laws there. So I don't know if maybe that's it. But buy it everywhere else, damn it. You can get LS cream everywhere else. Um, he says we don't get a lot of liquor here. Yeah, I guess mm. that's it. So <laughs> Can't imagine why. Yeah. So anyway, thanks to everybody on our chat. You guys made the show better today, as you always do. Thanks to all our patrons. Without you guys, none of this is possible. Thanks to the people watching on YouTube who turn off ad blockers while they watch the show. You're doing that, right? Right? Hmm. <laughs> uh, but thanks to anyone who supports us in any way. If you, have, if you can't afford money or whatever, just share the show on social media. Just tell all your followers, I love this show. You can review the show on a podcast service. That helps us too. There's lots of stuff you can do without giving, giving us a penny, and we'd appreciate it if you could. So anyway, we'll see you back here next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.